<clears throat> um, look at me go. Prefacing another episode. Um, yeah, I just had to close a window in my uh, office, whatever, because it sounded like I was in a wind tunnel. Um, yeah, this episode has got a well. He's a man. <laughs> uh, his name's Jimmy Drama. He's a, a chef, ex-chef of 15 years. And um, yeah, I've known him a while, but it's been a while since we actually caught up, which seems to be the running theme of everyone I'm seem to be bringing on. Um, yeah, uh, just listen to the episode. <laughs> there are improvement works ahead, so this train will terminate at the next station. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hello, hello. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was actually pulling it, pull it in like this. I was just like, you're literally underneath it. I was thinking about like what I would sound like. You know when you used to record yourself when you were little? Like, that's not me. That's not my voice. It was always, that's because the, the recorders we had when we were kids, they never had low end. It was always really top endy and um, high mids. So it was, it was like like a radio sort of. It was a Sanyo. Shru- <laughs> it was a Sanyo. That's what I remember. Why is it the first thing that everyone, when they, um, hang on, when they first try and get a recording going, the first thing they do that they say when they test their voice is hello, hello. It's because when you were a little kid, it was one of the first things you figured out technology-wise. Like, you can get a, ta- a, a little tape, throw it in there, and just be like, oh my God, I can do a radio station. Then you're like, that's not what I sound like. It's not me. And hello, it's, hello. It's, it just disgusts. You're like, that's not my voice. Is this what girls hear when they, when they speak to me? That's what, that's what it was. You're like, Sorry, I'm getting over. I can't get over the hello. hello. What am I supposed to like? Test do one to you know yeah, when you yeah. get to the hall, the Greek hall, and then they like test, test, ena, dio, ena, ena, embros, dio, dio, ena, dio, tria, and then they say something funny in Greek, and it's not funny. You're like, <laughs> get off the stage. Right, pull it up like this, Malika. Oh, come on, yeah, yeah, there, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm worried now. I've done enough of these to tell you. I'm worried now. Do you want to be one of those douchebags that I laugh about like once once you leave? No, no, no. I want to like return appearance and be like, what have you done so far? I'm like, nothing. You know, Malaka, I'll be honest. This yeah. is really surreal still. What? When did we actually catch up with that coffee? When was it? It was like a month ago. Mm. It was it was roughly about a month ago, just after co- the, the last bit of COVID kicked off. It's no, sorry. A- my mistake. When um the restrictions released- I think it was about a week or two afterwards. Like, hey man, let's catch up before we get fucking stuck into lockdown. Was that before? Was that start of December? I don't actually remember. End of November. I don't know. I remember we had. Oh, so let's say a fruitful month. Till the worst. I was going to say it's still surreal because that was the first time I'd seen you in like seven years or something. Remember we did the maths? Yeah, it was. It was a lot of maths we were trying to figure out. I figured it out. It was um, birthday. Yeah. When I last saw you. So I did the maths of when that was. And I'm like, well, he had just introduced us to his new missus and he got engaged like a year later and he got married like a year later. Yeah. And his wedding was in 2016. No, 2015. Oh, wait. Is it 2015? 2016? No, no, 20, 2015. Did you, did you, you obviously went to the wedding. Yeah, I was on the bridal party. Oh, there you go. So you know it. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I was on like four bridal parties in like four years or something. That's a lot. Less than that, three. It's funny how many people have gotten married during that time and it's like, hey, man, what are you doing? I don't know. Just- <laughs> Podcasts on Sunday <laughs> half. Podcasts and Macca's Coffee. You got kids? Mm. Do I need kids right now? Like- I got Macca's Coffee. No, I was going to say, um, yeah, that was 2016. So I would have seen it like 2014, I think would have been realistic. Yeah. 2014, no way it was 2013. So that was, yeah, seven years ago when we I actually saw you. I think I, I I was thinking about when I first met you. It was me. No, I, think, I don't think even there. I, I first. Met I don't know. You. I remember being there, but I don't. My memory no, is no, no. Playing, either playing games. I, think I know it was Metro Underage. No, yes, I met you. I met was. you well before then. Are you sure? Uh, we used to go to the Barellasi on on twenty fifth of March every year. Okay, and then I saw I'd see you at Barellasi. Hey, yeah, man, how you'd are always you? be with my cousin every year at Barellasi yeah, we because because you went to Omiros. Omiros. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I remember you. Because okay. I remember you from then. We st- we'd gone to underages. Okay. But far and few between. But we only started going to underages like 15, 16. I just, I just remember like little bits and pieces. My memory just escapes me all these things. And somebody has to remind me what it was and what we did. And I'll be honest. I don't remember you from underages. I remember you from Parelasi. And yeah. I remember about 16, we started hanging out on the weekends at like Chapel and Crown and all that sort of shit. Do you remember walking home that night because we missed the train? It was you, me, <laughs> and none of us had any money. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have money for a cab. And we just we started were, jogging down. We were, on, we were on Chapel Street. And for some reason, we were on a tram and we got off in like Richmond. Okay. Just before Richmond. For some reason, we got off. We could have stayed on it and just kept going all the way up, hodl. Yeah. And we didn't. We got off. For some reason, we jumped off, and then we started walking. I remember we walked all the way down Punt Road, and you saw two of your mates at 7-Eleven. Yeah. And in Clifton Hill. And you're like, hey, man, can you just drive us like, down the road? And then they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, look, we, we've walked a lot, man. Serious. It was it was like 2.30 in the morning, something like that. Then we ended up down St. George's Road, and you and your cousin were like, I need a beer. And you ended up in the Bokies. Yeah, the, we, the went, we went to High Street. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're in Thornbury North yeah. High Street. We went to the Pokes, and I had my passport because I didn't have my license yeah. yet. I didn't have any ID. I just had a passport and walked in, and we're the only ones with ID on us. I didn't have ID, and you left me outside. Yeah, so we went in to have like a Carlton cold and just gunned it, yeah. and then went back outside. Because I didn't have my license at 18. It was your, your cousin got it straight he at 18. He was the first one. No, he was the first one. Then yeah. Got it. And then, yeah, I didn't get my license until like nearly a year later. Yeah, same, same. I but, didn't need to. I was, but I didn't get a car till like two yeah, years later. Yeah, I didn't get a car until after I was 19, and I was catching the, tra- uh, the train and the bus to go to TAFE up in Boxy and, and Homesland. So, yeah. And I walked everywhere. My whole life revolved around going to TAFE, walking to work, and then being smashed on weekends. So, like, why would I get a car? Mine was like bicycle. I remember riding this red bicycle everywhere, and I still know where it, where it is house hiding in the corner somewhere. You mean his parents' house? Yeah, that's the one, because he, he borrowed, he gets going to borrow this for 20 minutes? Like, yeah, man, I never saw it again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say that about my, my pushy back when I was like 16. Yeah. When it, we all, everyone I went to school with or whatever, you know, we're hanging out one day, and then my house was the last one, or like, there was a bunch of us, and we ended up at mine, and then someone said, man, I can't be stuffed walking home, can't borrow your pushy? I'm like, yeah, take it. Then he rode it back halfway across Clayton, and then he lent it to someone else, and I asked someone, hey, where's my bike? It's like, oh, such and such has got it. I rode it over the other day. Yeah. And they're like, oh, the ball bearings are fucked on the wheels. I'm like, well, I don't know. They were fine when you took it. <laughs> it's a Kmart bike, man. Just bring it back. <laughs> nah, it was like a, a Hara or Talker or something. It was something decent. Like yeah. A, like some some decent pushy. It was, it was like the pride of my life, man. It was like chrome double dipped with like double pegs. <sighs> Dude, how, how nice were Like I had a Mongo Sniper Pro and I loved this thing. And I remember like I, I locked it up in, a, in the city somewhere for two minutes and I come back and someone's just like jacked it. And I'm like, 
where's my pie? And like, it's the first time something got stolen from me and my heart broke. And I've been looking for this. I've been looking for some one of them similar. Haven't you seen my one? I, you, you showed me photos when we caught up. Yeah, you showed me photos, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. good. But like, I'm trying to find a chromed out mongoose sniper. Oh, so the actual. And these, I'm trying to find. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to relive my past because of COVID. Okay, well that's yeah, what I did. Yeah, <laughs> like we spoke about, it's like COVID's just opened up those doors for like rehashing. Really, here's a the question: past. Have you ridden a BMX any time in the last like five years? Yeah, a couple of them. How'd you go? Terrible. My God, I died. I could not. I could not steer. <laughs> I died. I literally took it the day I got it. I got it. I even got it tuned. Like I had a guy. I just caught a guy off the net, and um, he came in a van, picked up both my bikes, and serviced them both. And I'm thinking, fuck it. Like yeah, I may as well start off because the brakes were fucked. I'd done all the mods on my own, but I didn't have the tools or the time to fix it properly. So paid him like forty bucks, and he just serviced all my pushes. Brings it back. I'm excited. I've put on like a. <laughs> What was I wearing? I was wearing a like a like a Los Angeles fucking throwback, like yeah. a, a Dennis Rodman Los Angeles mm. throwback. Most obscure number you're ever going to get. No one even remembers that Rodman played at, L- at the LA. Anyway, put on a pair of high tops, put on a pair of like trackies. <laughs> I looked like a drug dealer. Yeah. Hot weather, so it was probably this time last year. Hot ass weather. Get outside my building, put my foot on the pedal, and then just. Steering like an absolute lunatic. I, I I nearly stacked into a wall. I'm like, what am I doing, man? I got a motorbike license. Well, like I went and I was like, okay, everyone's getting into bike riding now. I want to I want to go buy a bike. I went and bought a bike, and I was living in Richmond at the time with my missus. And it's you got like a Yarra Boulevard and all that. Yeah, sort it's of nice. down there. It's beautiful. I couldn't even get over the bridge with this bike because my steering. <laughs> I went straight into the wall, and I'm like, no, nah, that's it. I'm going home. Like this is this is bad. I was going to say that was a pushy butt, right? No, it it wasn't. It was just a mountain bike, just oh. one of those like cross hybrid. Nah, nah, nah. Sort See, of things. the mountain bikes I used to ride from like Clayton all the way to the city along Yarra Boulevard, mm. and then when I, I moved to Noble, I bought like a, a mate of mine built me a hybrid, and I would ride that from Noble to the city and back in like three and a half, four hours tops. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was actually fit. <laughs> I took this pushy literally for five minutes around the park next to my house. I was like panting with breath. I was in the park just going. <laughs> And p- p- kids were looking at me like, "What's this guy doing?" Just, like, just imagining you like looking like Run DMC yeah, back in the eighties, yeah, yeah. like dude, I looked like pants. a dealer. People yeah. were getting out of my way. It was freaking hilarious. It'd be beautiful to see. Mm. I, I just need to find a bike. I need to, like the prices on Facebook Marketplace for pushies for a BMX for an, an original BMX. If you want or an, an original? Mongoose. It's because of Stranger Things. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw. Is there like a grand as well for those little things? The yellow with the yeah. yellow tufts. Um, yeah, it's stupid. Look, you're better off just finding some frame that looks decent and then just put put it together. But having said that- I want what I had. Like, that, that's, yeah. I don't know what it is, but like, like we mentioned previously when we caught up, that, that whole COVID thing's made me like, because we haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. I've done, look, I've done a lot, but I, I haven't say, done you enough. learn how to bake bread? Oh, fuck, yeast started. <laughs> like, I saw all those every day, man. Like, hey, I started getting messages. How do, you, how do I do a starter, starter dough? And I'm like, just go YouTube it. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here. And everyone started like making bread. And I was thinking about that um, the other day. I was trying to think of all the shit that everyone did during COVID. I know, all I could, all I can remember was starter dough, yeast. Um, like pictures were just coming up out of nowhere. Hey man, what do you think of my bread? And I'm like, yeah, great, beautiful, congrats. What's the, what do you what do you want me to it's say? Bread. The funny part is, is like you'll eat it in about four minutes. Yeah. Like a whole loaf will disappear after one meal with a whole family. Or You'll eat three, four slices, and then it'll just go bad after two days. The funny part was, like, 
because we were all in lockdown, you couldn't really go to camp. You could, but some people didn't want to, and they started getting deliveries coming to their house. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, uh, hospitality industries that were like, yeah, it's like we can organize you, like, uh, to bake bread, the trays and the yeast, and the, we'll get the whole starter pack going on. Yeah. And I remember one of my friends, like, she's like, I spent 200 bucks. Could have just gone to Safeway and just picked just up a couple saying, of loaves. I was just picturing all these people baking bread for the first time, going through the whole ordeal of the yeast and the flour and all that shit. They do it once. It's finished in like two days. I could do it again. Like, <laughs> like, what do you mean I have to let, the, let, let it rise? Yeah. Like, just leave it in the corner. That's going to be wrong. Like, <laughs> and like, the best part is when somebody asks me, how should I do it? And I say to them, you got to do it like this, like follow these exact steps. You have to do this, 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 and this. And then they'll say, but on this website, it says this. Then follow the website. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Or uh, the best one is like, I saw it on MasterChef, but he didn't do this. Like, it's not my problem. Like, what he didn't or didn't do. Like, just follow your own route. Have a go. See what happens. I had a friend message me yesterday. I'll be honest, it was yesterday. Um, she's actually a chef. She lives in Zambia. Ooh. Yeah, I met her in Malaysia, of all places. And she messaged me. She left me a voicemail saying, hey, sorry if uh, this seems uh, needy or rude. And I haven't said Happy New Year's or anything to you. And, like, you know, like we haven't spoken. But I need your help. I'm making moussaka, <laughs> and I need it to be like, la, 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 la. She gave me a description. She runs a catering company or something. And I saw the message. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. Okay, just yeah. Google it. Like, just random questions. Like, you know, you, Google is your friend, Okay, right? just Google it. Okay, I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm not even home. To, I haven't even got a recipe in front of me that I can even check. I'm not going to, can't get a hold, I'm not going to get a hold of my mom. I'm in the middle of work or whatever. And she's like, okay, cool, done. I'll let you know how it goes. And it's funny because I had this, um, I met another girl through her the same night who's from Zimbabwe, and she's in Zimbabwe as well. She's a chef as well. And she had messaged me once, like a couple months ago, just saying, hey, I need uh, I need your recipe for tzatziki and not that store-bought shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I died because her message to me was like, I was walking through uh, like the supermarket and I saw some of that packeted shit and I was like, not today, Satan. <laughs> yeah, I, there were a couple of times where somebody said, hey, man, how do you make tzatziki? And I go, if you really want to know how to make it, give my mom a call. And they're like, what? Give my mom a call. She's the best at it. You reckon? My mum does it really well. When I try to follow the steps of my mum's recipes, like, I, I, I fuck it up. Like, Look, there's no way to copy it. I've only, I'll be honest, I think the only thing I've ever copied that was my mum's recipe was tzatziki that I actually nailed the same way she does it. Yeah. And the interesting part is my mum doesn't eat yogurt. Yeah. Okay. Her tzatziki is, like, incredible. It's, it's like, everyone, even my friends say this when they come over. They're like, man, your mum's potatoes. What does she do to them? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I've got no idea. I've watched her do Wait, it. what kind of patatas are we talking? Like, you know, when they like, put the in the Just lemon the potatoes, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Are they small or are they, like, crescent shapes? Uh, like, they can be, sometimes, some days they're crescent, some days they're small. Depends what she finds. You know what, what it is? What I'll is tell you right now what it is. What is it? Because I love my mum's potatoes, right? The lim- uh, yeah. lemon or patatas, whatever they're called. Yeah. But the best potatoes come from my Tia Cristina in um, Preston. It's the area code. <laughs> yeah. Your mum's just down you the road in Coburg. The, you think it's the area code? I'm telling you, it's, it's the, the area, area code. code. Oh, There's a very big distinct divide between patatas from the southeast and potatoes coming from the north. It's got to be the Preston market. <laughs> it's got to be that. <laughs> I was there. I was there on Friday. Yeah. Like, you know they're, you know they're closing it down and every, or every shop owner is like freaking out. What are we going to do now? <laughs> like... What are they doing? Development. They, yeah, they've sold it off, and they're going to relocate the Preston market. I don't know how they're going to do that. There's no, <laughs> there's nowhere to put it unless you start building a. I hadn't been there for twenty, twenty five years. Oh, nothing's changed. It's scummy. The people that you remember when they were kids that worked that used to hang out at their parents' shop and now running their parents' shop, parent shop, and you see it and you're like, oh god, don't recognise me. Yeah, they, they got the walking. same face. Yeah, 
But they, they're worn down. They look like like nothing's happened in the last. It, we can say it's all, like I'm almost forty. So it's almost been 40, 20 years since you haven't seen a couple of people from high school. Yeah, or, anyone from high school yeah. has probably been at least twenty years. And anytime I see someone from high school, like, what are you doing now? Oh, nothing, man. <laughs> like, you don't do anything. Uh, Nah, I'm like, were you a chef for a while? Yeah, I'm still doing that. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, see ya. And like, look, I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. But- I feel like anyone I've se- anyone I went to high school with looks exactly the same, just older. Mm. But like down to the haircut, down to everything. Yeah. Uh, I don't get recognized by people from high school. Did you went to a, did you go to a Greek school or anything like that? Uh, may as well have been. <laughs> as well have been. Okay. It may as well have been. Because I, I went to St. John's, and when I say everyone, like everybody, so St. John's in Preston and your cousin's house, yeah. like across from Bell Street. When I bump into people from there, they all look the same, and they've all, like, it's like the classroom married each other. Like, yeah, oh, it's oh, an incestuous village. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm with Marie, or I'm with Zoe, or I'm with Tina. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. So you guys, like, didn't do anything else with your lives? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you guys do for travel? Oh, we just go to Greece. So you. No, Japan, Germany, nothing. No, nothing else is on the New map. New Zealand, like, you know, like. Nah, it's legit. I can think of every time I see Facebook pop up, like the only account, I have two accounts on Facebook, one for work and one for the podcast. So yeah. I shut my personal one down, you know, like years ago. But every now and then someone will pop up as a suggested friend. And when you go into that and you see all the mutual, uh, not mutual friends, but when you see all the friends list. Yeah. They're literally the same people everyone went to high school with. So here's the thing, like with your with your podcast, I think that's how it, that's how I got onto it. How? That's actually like some, that was my question because yeah. you messaged me saying, "Hey man, blah blah blah, long time, love the pod, blah 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 blah," and I was I freaked out one because it was you and two was it the- was it was I don't think it was a face. I think it was a combination of Facebook and Instagram. Like this thing kept coming up on like either suggest it was a fluke, it was random. I don't know how like it's the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> And it came up with it's Zuckerberg playing with his toys. Came up just- with this, and because we were stuck in, because we were stuck at home, I was like, oh, "I'll give it a list." I was stuck in the garage. <laughs> I was rebuilding my bike, and I'm like, oh, it's Dimmy. Let's see what he's got to say. I put it on, and I just started giggling. Really? Uh, yeah, like you, like it was you and your mates just having a chat, and I was just giggling my ass off because I'm stuck in the house. I can't see my mates. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> And like, I missed hanging out with my boys. Yeah. I missed hanging out with my friends in that circle of like, let's just go somewhere and have a giggle. And couldn't do that over the phone. So I just slapped the pop- podcast on and you guys would just ramble on about everything and anything. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to start listening to it. And it actually, I actually like binged through it. Yeah. Like, I got a few messages from people during COVID and they all said that I discovered it just out of random boredness or whatever. Yeah. There was and- one where you were like, oh yeah, I just went to Safeway and bumped into the mate I haven't seen in ages and. They went on that like vaccine, like anti-vax. Yeah. I don't think it was an anti-vax sort of thing, but they just went on a tirade about how we're all locked down and it's this and this again. And oh. you're like, listen, man, just just go home. Just, just did I? Or something? I don't, man. I listen to some of these episodes back, like when I'm on the bike or when I'm bored or whatever. And um, I don't remember half. Like, the was that actually me? Did I actually? Say no, that? no, well, dude. We're up to episode. This is one thirty-six, five. One. I can't remember. Yeah, I, st- I went back to your first one, and I was like, ah, it's not that good. And I started going through them, like, okay, it got better. It's better. It's better. It's better. It's better. This is great. This is brilliant. Like, I'm having a giggle now, like, because yeah. you're just finding your feet. And once you found it, I was, like, hooked into it. Yeah, I was, look, like, the first ones are pretty unrecognizable, I'll be honest. Was it in here or somewhere else? No, we've changed locations once, twice, three. This is the fourth location. Yeah. Yeah, since 2016. Yeah, it was good. Like, yeah, kept me company. Thank you. Oh, no, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, 
Um, context, why I called you in here, your background is as a chef. Yeah. To some degree. To some degree. To some degree. I was going to say, I need some actual background because like we caught up, but we sort of touched on a few things just, but it wasn't really about your career or whatever. Um, how the hell did you even become a chef? So. Cause I don't, I'll be honest. Yeah. This is the thing as well for context, right? We hung out like all through our teen years, like every Saturday, more or less. Yeah. And then up until about 22, 21, 22. Yeah. Around there. Because we were all at like tw- our 21st sort of things. Like we both had my cousin's 21st. Do you remember? Remind me what happened. Uh, we went to Copa. In, in Copa Cabana. Yeah. The one on across from the yeah. station. Yeah, with all the Julio and Glacius. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were there. Um, and then like. We went to everyone's 21st, basically, and I think we may have made one more one more birthday after that as a group, like for, as a collective. Yeah. I think for myself, it stopped at about 21. Yeah. So because it, I know at about 21, that's when I started, like, just being at work forever. Yeah. So it was around there when it gets sketchy. Yeah. And then we sort of splintered off, right? Yeah. But from 15, from 15 through to, like, 22, man, that's, like, seven years of, like, constant, if it's not this weekend, it'll be next weekend or the week after- Constantly, like, going out. And it yeah. was, like, the same – it was the same route every time. I would walk to the station, catch a train to the city, catch a, the 112 up to Preston, see, meet you all at my cousin's house. Yeah. Then we'd get back on the tram, come back down to the southeast, which made no fucking sense. We'd put the Slim Shady CD on, <laughs> bust that out for a good hour, and I'm like, are we going? We're going. Is your hair, is your hair good? <laughs> and I remember your cousin had, like – Trying to hide oh, the his, tips. his tips, and I had my tips. And yeah, everyone had tips. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, I had beautiful hair back then. We all did. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. But that's what I'm saying. Through all that period, I actually don't remember anything you ever did as employment. As in, it's something about you that I never knew. Yeah, so I didn't do anything. What do you mean? I'd never worked when I was 17, 18. I, my brother's an electrician, and he'd take me with him. So yeah. I'd help him out like here and there, and that was it. I, I did work with. At Mosquitoes in Clifton mm. Hill for a couple, for, for a while. I remember while. Mosquitoes. I remember that period. Uh, that was a terrible place to work. <laughs> what were you doing there? Just, just, just being a waiter. And because I had no experience, I remember it just being like really, just getting yelled at left, right, and center. Like all the time. Who I re- owned that joint? They walks? I don't know. Yeah, they were walks. I remember somebody going to me, go get, can you get me some, uh, what was it, salad dressing? And you know us being Greek, man. What does salad dressing look like? Olive oil and lemon. That's right. <laughs> so he gives me. <laughs> so there's, you're going to hear a lot about being Greek. Okay. So it was olive oil and lemon, and that was it. That's salad dressing, right? Because we don't need anything else now. No. And I remember going up to the kitchen, and I'm like, hey, chef, can I get salad dressing? And he gave me this this jug, and it was brown. And brown. I'm like, yeah, it was just brown. I'm like, he goes, here you go. I'm like, what's that? He's like, salad dressing. I'm like, no, nah, man. I need salad dressing. I need real. Remember sitting there telling him at 17, I need real salad dressing. And what the like, bre- well, How could it possibly be brown? So I was like, probably balsamic. balsamic vinegar. Like balsamic olive oil, uh, salt, pepper, you know, maybe some garlic or You onions. a fan of balsamic? Yeah, it's okay sometimes. You need it on a specific salad. When I'm in Italy, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'm sorry. Okay, nevertheless. Okay, and I remember him like, just come in the back, mate. Just come in the back. And he just shoved me in the corner. He goes, don't ever fucking disrespect me in front of everyone in the kitchen ever again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I'm like, man, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I remember telling him, he goes, you really don't know what it is, do you? And I'm like, no, no, I've got no clue what the fuck that is. And he's like, you want to work in the kitchen tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, man. I walk in the kitchen the next day. There's a fist fight with all the chefs straight away. One guy cut off somebody else's ponytail. 
Why? Um, I don't know. Like, I had no idea. Wait, wait, hang on. Okay, so the next- Hang on, wait. So that day, right, uh, after the uh, salad dressing <laughs> scenario, he's like, do you want to come and work in the kitchen tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a crack. Because he's like, you don't really know much about kitchen. I'm like, no. So he's like, come in tomorrow. I walk in the, t- the next day, just black t-shirt and pants. And the first thing I see is there's a chef cutting off another chef's ponytail. Why? I don't know. I don't remember the context, but everybody was just getting yelled at by the owner after that scenario ensued. So I remember just doing a 12-hour shift making bruschetta. So like dicing the tomato, like cutting the onions, cutting everything and doing the bread for him. That was my 12-hour shift. And he's like, you want to come and do it tomorrow? I'm like, fuck no. Are you serious? Yeah, I said to him, fuck no. I quit. I'm out of here. Like, this is the dumbest place I've ever worked. Like, being 17, I was young, naive, and I was a bit stupid, to be honest. And that was the first time I'm like, these guys are crazy. I don't want to hang out. I don't want to, if this is work, I don't want to do it. Yeah. So, after Year 12 finished, I ended up getting it. Uh, what happened? I ended up going to <clears throat> RMIT for about three months. Doing what? Um, some engineering course that I don't remember. I remember just leaving, not doing much. But I ended up getting uh, an avionics apprenticeship with a company down at Essendon Airport. Okay, so avionics being avionics airplanes. Yeah, I, I got the word avio out of it. A- avionics, so like the instrument panels on the airplanes and all that Clusters stuff. Clusters and shit. Yeah. All okay. That sort thank of stuff. you. Well, so yeah, oh, we're not all engineers. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I t- my mouth goes faster than my brain sometimes. All right. All right. So I ended up doing that for a good eight months, and we were working on like airplanes, little Cessnas, yeah. fixing up everything, and getting paid really well for it. At like nineteen, I was. It was really good money. I was like, hell, man, this is great. This is brilliant. Yeah. But like, you know, when you get paid 100 bucks when you're 19, that's a lot of money anyway. Mate, I remember being, t- fuck, 19. Yeah, 19 when I got my first full-time, full-time job. Yeah. And I was just at an, the events company that I worked for and I was making five five seventy a week. Yeah. That was, know, remember how much money that plus, was when you were Plus the 120 from the cookie factory I was cleaning on, on after yeah. hours. You're balling. Yeah. It's 650 like, bucks. I'm like, going to buy jeans and get my hair done. <laughs> and like, like Nike Cortez. Remember Nike Cortez when we were 19? I was looking. And now everyone's like, have you seen these shoes? Yes, man. I used to rock those. No, but the ones that are out now aren't like the ones that were back then. They'll, they'll never be. I'm trying to find the ones that we had back then. They had nah, that sort of oval crescent front. You'll never find them. They've all deteriorated. <sighs> like you'll find, the, you'll find the sole, but not the shell. I don't know. But um, the I had, ones I have now aren't the same. Yeah, they look fucking shit. They'll, now. they'll never be the same. So back to like doing this avionics apprenticeship. Um, yeah. it got to a point where they're like, guys, come in the office for a moment. Uh, look, we can't afford you anymore. I'm sorry, we're gonna have to all let you go. But if you guys want to continue on with this career, we suggest you signing up to the air force. <laughs> I was like, okay, suit up. But you got the, the jumpsuit. No, I was like, no, nah, not happening. And um, back in the day, we didn't. There was no internet like seek.com. There was slightly. It was like Monster uh, or something. Like it was like Monster.com.au. We'd seek up stuff. But you remember what it was? Yeah. It was non-existent. So a couple of weeks go by, and I find, see this ad in the newspaper. Kitchen hand wanted. I'm not going to name the place. Because <laughs> I'll write it down for you, so I'll tell you what it was. Because <laughs> you've said. Your mates have said previously on the podcast, assume everyone is listening. Oh, yeah. And I, and I definitely believe that it will come back to me somehow. And I remember- I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in trouble. Um, and I'll just, I'm just going to save you the time, not tell you, so you try yeah. and find a redacted. Um, oh, yeah. So I ended up working at this breakfast joint in the CBD for a long time. What's a long time? Uh, I think on and off for about four years. Okay. And at first, being young, I loved it. It was great. Like, you're doing something, you're hanging out with people- and like, hey, man, you want to come for a drink after shift? Yeah, let's go. 
I get absolutely smashed with everyone. It was great. We had so much fun. That's what we did when we were young. We just got smashed Question, all the time. why did you get into a kitchen hand if your first and only experience in kitchens was shit? I don't know. It was the only thing that called me up to get a job. I needed money. Okay. Well, this is why so I they said, do you want to come down and work? I'm like, yeah, why not? I've got nothing else to do. My mom's yelling at me all the time, like to get out of the house. So I might as well go for it. Okay. And um, so I went and within a week, I went from being kitchen hand to like working in the actual, like running the pass. Like it took me a week to running the pass. How? I'm just watching him. Like, I'm like, hey man, I, I can do that better. And they're like, get, get stuff. They're like, no, I can do that better than you. And I actually did it better than them. And the owners were like, yeah, put him on. Let's see what he can do. Let's not like you're not on an apprenticeship. Nothing. Nothing. Just- nothing. Like, okay. I, I can do that quicker than you. And they're like, they're like, get stuffed. I'm like, I can do it faster than you. I can do it better than yeah, you. Yeah, so what, would this, what, what were you actually doing? Making breakfast. Yeah? <laughs> like cooking bacon, eggs, pancakes, all that sort of stuff. Okay. Let me ask you a question, man, because people have said it to me, like, why haven't you looked at doing that sort of shit, right? Because I like cooking. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, because number one, because I don't follow recipes and I don't have standards for anything. I just create shit yeah. to eat, right? I would never say I can produce a standard plate, like, yeah. ever. It's yeah. going to be different every fucking time. What's the hardest thing about preparing, like, say, breakfast run? Yeah. yeah? How many people would you normally be serving in, say, a three-hour block? Oh, depends. Say on in the joint. Say in that joint. Th- uh, that joint, we could get about, oh, so it was roughly about 300-seater. 300-seater? Yeah, it was a 300-seater. Listen, this, is, this was a place in the city. Yeah. It was a big joint. It's been around forever. They know what they're doing. They know how to get people in. They know how to get people out. Okay. Um, they were always like, okay, we need this many staff in the morning. We need this many staff in the afternoon. So pretty much we would start at, dude, okay. So I remember Anzac Day. I remember they're like, can you come in at 5 a.m.? Like, yeah, sure. What the hell not? And we got just rushed. Everybody coming out after the shrine, just coming in there to get breakfast. And it was the worst shift ever. I remember we there was a line of people out the door. Um. It, it was the worst thing because when you're that young and you've got so many people coming to work, you, like half your chefs are 19, 20, 21, <laughs> all right? And you know how – what state do you think these people come in on a Saturday? Oh, fresh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like orange juice. Uh, coming in fresh. Um, <laughs> they were not fresh at all. Nobody doing, was fresh. Doing star jumps yeah. in the car park before they come in. And I remember them just coming in and they're just like – just whitewashed. They're like, hey, man, are you all right? Yo, <laughs> what do you need me to do, chef? <laughs> I need you to break eggs, all of them. Yeah, just break them all. Yeah, all right, mate. I'm just going to go have a nap in the back. <laughs> and like we had staff. I remember having staff pass out in the back because they were they couldn't work. They were just done. Okay, not to deviate to, not to deviate from what my actual question was, but how? I mean, say preparing. Let's say a hundred people. You know, in an hour, all want bacon and eggs, or some variants of like the big breakfast, right? Yeah. yeah. Some dickhead wants hash browns. Some dickhead doesn't yeah, want mushrooms. Yeah, okay. Yep. What's the main thing about keeping that going? Like, how do you cook consistently? Like, how do you keep having bacon sizzling? And- so, if it's something that big, I would go in there and pre-cook a fuck ton of stuff. I would pre-cook the bacon, pre-cook the hash, uh, not eggs or pancakes or anything like that. But like, the bacon was your main thing. So you'd keep the, the hot plate clean, yeah. clear from all the bacon and whatnot. And so you could get it, your eggs and everything else done and then just like reheat the bacon and you get it out of there. So it was roughly like to get to get a table with maybe five orders, it would take me maybe about six minutes per table just to get it out. Yeah. And um, you'd have maybe like two hot plates or something like that. So about six minutes per docket 
Um, and then if you add on, let's say, uh, six minutes per docket, and then like, I still remember the combination on the hot plate. So four, eight, twelve, sixteen. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? So I remember, I remember how big the hot plate was, and I remember how much stuff I could get on there. So it okay. was like four, eight, twelve, six. Okay, I could do about three tables in ten minutes. As in, and that's as as quick as you could go. Three tables of say, you know, people ordering massive the big plates. Breakfast yeah, the and- big breakfast, like. Bacon, eggs, eggs tomato, tomato <laughs> hash, uh, the coffees, everything. But like this was a, like I was always proud of myself because I could just get it in and get it out. Yeah. Like, what do you want? Yeah, cool, done, out of here. And that was what I was good at. I wasn't good at like anything else at that place. <laughs> Turning up. <laughs> <laughs> like I could turn up. I, I would shop. There were days where I started showing up late and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't even know I was working today. And it was because of that. We'd go out drinking at night. But your personal hygiene is getting a bit sketchy. <laughs> you know I, mean? and my, I would always go home and take it. Like no matter how late I was, I would always go home or I'd go to fitness first because they'd, they'd have a shower. Yeah. So we'd always do that. Um, yeah. Like that, that place was a bit sketchy. Like it was fun at first. And I could smash out as many orders as possible. Okay, so but, how old were you when you finished up there? Uh, dude, I was probably like 23. Did you ever do a formal apprenticeship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up going, after after that little stint, I ended up going to a trade school. And I my teacher, who was amazing, he's like, do you have experience? I'm like, yep. He goes, do you want to come work at my restaurant? And I'm like, so what do you, come work at your restaurant and you sign me off on my apprenticeship. And he's like, yep. Yeah, okay. I can do that. So he turned a, a three-year apprenticeship into like 12 months. Oh, nice. Because he just signed me. He goes, yeah, cool, man. You know what you're doing. Here you go. Sign it off. See you later. Bye-bye. Take What are we doing in this restaurant? Just breakfast again. Just breakfast and a couple of dinners, like Friday, Saturday night dinners. Okay. So what was your position, like your actual position? Just, just chef. I was never head chef or anything like that. I was never sous chef. I was more like a consigliere. <laughs> It's so, consigliere. That's the one. That's the one. So if you like, at, when I was young, if you needed something done, they'd just scream at me and like, "Yeah, man, cool. Two minutes. Two minutes, chef. I have it up straight away." Yeah. I was always that person who could just get it done quicker, faster than everybody else. So it's in prepping ingredients yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, all that. Like I was the quickest one. How come you never actually pushed to get head chef? I did. Like, uh, I've, we'll get to that in okay. in, in a little bit. But, all right. So how, how old are you now? Oh, I just turned 37. No, then. Then. uh, So, finished up at 23 at that stage. So, 23, started the apprenticeship at 23 as well. Finished up with the teacher at 24. Then started working at a couple of restaurants in the city. I hopped to, I I bounced around a lot. I would stay maybe two, three months. Two, three months? At one place and then leave to the next one. I'd assume like two, three months you would even get into the feel of the restaurant. No, no, because... I was cocky when I was young, and I would go into the restaurant. No, you, really? Yeah, like, <laughs> really? Yeah, like I'd go into the restaurant and be like, "Oh, what's that?" Yeah, cool. You're forgetting I knew you, man, from like twelve yeah, to like twenty three. <laughs> so you you remember how cocky I was? Cocky, being yeah, you young. were, and I could like, and that. See, now it's making sense. Oh, jeez. So- <laughs> no, no, because you hit your peak cockiness at like twenty, twenty one, twenty two, as in when in all the years that I actually known you, yeah. You progressively got more arrogant as you went well, along. Here's the thing: being in the kitchen, I got more arrogant. Like I thought I was King Dick because yeah. I could do this and I could do that, and people counted on me, and people needed me to be at work. And you know, hey man, if you come in, I'll get, I'll pay you this. And and I wasn't the head chef, but like pretty much, I was doing everything and running everything and ordering everything, and I knew exactly what the recipes were off the top of my head. Yeah, I could do everything. And anyone who had a problem, hey man, can you give me this day off? Yeah, sure, no problem. And okay. I just. 
I'd go and tell, like, hey, this guy needs this day off. Oh, yeah, okay. And I'm trying to put myself into that posi- like context of, like, 22, like, 23. This is, like, Monday to Sunday. This isn't, like, this is, like, 6 till 5 or, like, or 12 till 8. This is, like, every day because I don't know why I fell into that trap. I just wanted to work. I just yeah, but that's hospitality. Work. Everyone yeah. I know who's in hospitality yeah. gets burned just because yeah. – they're working stupid shifts, stupid hours, nonstop. It's like, nah, there is no day off. Yeah. I never had a day off. I remember there were days where I'd, well, I'm falling asleep in the car and I'd sleep in the car park in my car. Really? Yeah, in the CBD. Like when they built QV, I remember sleeping in the car park or Crown Car Park, just depending where I parked in the city to work at what restaurant. Like I was just done. So wait, were you working at multiple restaurants at any given yeah. day? Yeah. I could be doing like, say, Monday to Wednesday at a pub doing prep. And then Thursday to Sunday at another place doing like service. Cause like it'd be like a group, like a group that owned like multiple pubs and venues. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like, hey man, can you go here? Can you they'd go bounce, there? That'd flick you across the joints. Yeah. And like I was with this guy, and I'm not going to name names, but he was really good to me. And he'd be like, hey, can you go there? Can you go here? Can you go there? I'll give you petrol money. Like, yeah. I'll pay for the parking. It's fine. And I'd, I'd tell him, hey, he's like, hey, can you figure out what's going on in this restaurant? Like something's going on. Yeah, yeah, put me there for a week. I go in there for a week and I'd be like, oh, yeah, man, your head chef is, like, coked up. <laughs> <laughs> like a nah. Yeah, he'd be like, like, he'd be like, what's going on with the chef? Like, he's coked up. He's like, yeah, good, good work, good work. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you know, like, he, he, here's a little envelope for, for, your, for your hard work. Are you serious? Like, yeah, man. Like, I was driving a GDR when I was, like, 25. Yeah. Loved it. I was like, yeah, cool. I got all this money. Like, I'm working. I know everything. Like, these people depend on me. I'm. You know, I'm. I feel like I'm somebody with working with this group, and then like just got burnt out. Yeah, like working multiple venues, multiple areas. Um, that first venue that I told you about, they were crazy. Like <laughs> <laughs> after after realizing how crazy, I was like, never doing this again. And then like for some reason, I fell back into it. Yeah. Um, I remember being called in at five o'clock in the morning to like cook. There was a day when. I was like, oh, what happened? Okay, so the worst part about working at that joint was one of one of my friends, their, their, one of their family members passed away. And they're like, where's so-and-so? I go, hey, man, like this and this happens. Just let him be. And, yeah. And they're like, oh, look, if he doesn't come to work in two days, like fire him. I'm like, what? <laughs> fire him? Can you fire him? Like you can't do that to people. And they're like, ah, oh, no, nah, just get rid of him if he's not going to come in. And I'm like, yeah, cool. All right, I'll see you guys later. I just walked out of there. Like bereavement pain yeah. does not exist. Yeah, they were just like they were just absolute grief. Sc- What's grief? Absolute <laughs> scumbags. They're like, we're running a business here. I'm like, yeah, but like this person just passed away in his family. Yeah, you got to give him a moment. You know, yeah. give him a bit of time to. And we're all young kids. We're all like 19. They're like, we don't give a fuck. We don't care. Get rid of him. And I'm like, okay, like I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. And it's just stu- and I was like, okay, hopefully that never happens again, or in that multitude. And then, like working in the restaurants, I saw all sorts of stuff, man. I saw so much stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> my parents questioned my cooking skills still to this day. Like, did you actually even cook at really? these places? Yeah, like I remember being twenty six, and somebody's like, "Do you even cook?" I'm like, "What? Like, what do you mean? Do you, do you, do you even cook?" I'm like, "Yeah." Well, we don't see you do anything. I'm like. We didn't have Instagram during that stage. We didn't have Facebook. There was Facebook. You didn't put up 
your no, life. No, you weren't, you weren't taking photos of food. Look at it that way. Oh, I never had time to take photos of food. I yeah. was too busy. I, there was never that position of like showing off on Instagram. That's because if you're running a kitchen, you're not stopping to take photos of food. No. You're working. Yeah. Like literally. I take photos of my food because I'm at home in my jocks and I've got 20 minutes between <laughs> jobs, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, here's my plate. I better take a photo of it so I can remind myself that I've eaten and then start working again. Here's a photo of my food. Like, here you go. What do you guys think? It's fucking no. strange, isn't it? I've taken a photo of a couple of cakes that the whole team in the kitchen helped put together. And I was like, yeah, man, teamwork. That's brilliant. Yeah. And all these other things. And like, I, like, that's all I ever put up. And my Instagram is just full of me doing dumb stuff, Sopranos quotes. I was going to say, yeah. Um, who was I talking to? Who the fuck was I talking to? Was it yesterday? Oh, no, it was yesterday. I was at a wedding yesterday, for a mate's wedding, and um, one of the boys that was sitting next to me, is, we were just talking about the week, and I said, oh, I've got a mate coming in tomorrow to do an episode. He's like, oh, who? I go, oh, it's an old mate of mine, blah, blah, blah. I go, actually, you would fucking love him. I go, it's all just Sopranos quotes, Simpsons quotes. His whole Instagram feed is literally just random Sopranos images and yeah, shit. Yeah, that's, that's my feed. I'm not going to, like... Well, I you've seen my feed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> like, I, like, during the, the last couple of months... Like, I've seen people like, I've lost my job because of COVID and this and yeah. this. And it's like, sorry, man. And then you've got me, Sopranos quote, like, Tony just eating a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's like, the world's gone to hell. And then you've got Simpsons quotes where Homer's just at home on the couch. I something. love the fact that they're all Simpsons quotes from the first, like, five seasons. The first five seasons, are the first three seasons, I think, are the best. After that, all the writers left. So, yeah. Conan and everybody left. So, there was nobody really... I saw a thing on the net yesterday. It's like, oh, Simpsons predicted this. Simpsons predicted the metaverse meta in like 2011 or whatever. Yeah. And they showed the clip. And this is, the, the clip was from 10 years ago. And I'm just looking at it I'm like, I don't recognize, they're not even that art style. Yeah. Forget like the season, forget the material of the episode. I don't even remember that art style. And that was 10, 12 years ago. What's your favorite episode? <sighs> All right, you can give me two episodes. You have to give me two episodes. Can I, can I give you my two? All right. All right. So it's the one where Bart falls down the well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I love? Do you know what I love from that episode? <laughs> How Krusty happens to know Sting. Yep. <laughs> I called him the other day. He was, How about Saturday? I'm busy on Saturday. How about Sunday? Then finally. Right. And they sing, we're sending our love down that well. And you hear Krusty full hammering the pipes, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Down that well. (laughs) I think I I love the one where Sting is digging. Yeah, that. Homer's like, shh, shh, I just just think you look tired. Not while one of my fans needs me. Yeah. And I think my second one, it's just a small bit. It's the zombie Simpsons one. Which one? The first? The the Halloween special. Oh, when like Flanders. Is that the one with the, the monkey palm and... The Flanders becomes a zombie. No, no, no. The monkey palm is where they pick up the monkey palm at the flea market somewhere. Yeah. It looks like a Marrakesh sort of thing. You know when he jumps on the plane and they frisk him? Yeah. <laughs> you must like, pay a fine of two American dollars. Like, okay. Okay. And like the, when, when Flanders gets shot as a zombie, that's that's beautiful. Dude, the the arts dealer that they buy the poor from, man. Yeah. He's the best. He's like, you'll be sorry. Um, and he's waving. <laughs> She reminds me of my oh my my Greek school teacher. <laughs> just he's that old, like he just got imported to teach Greek. Dude, that monkey poor episode's the best because first they wish for 
uh, like peace on earth. Then the aliens come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Homer wishes, uh, Bart wishes for them to be rich and famous and they just become annoying and everyone hates them and the whole town goes I to shit. I love when, when Lisa's like, I wish for world peace and yeah. Homer's eating that sandwich and he's like, how selfish <laughs> of you. Very selfish of you. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part is like, okay, I want a turkey sandwich. Andre, <laughs> it's like, I don't want a zombie turkey. I don't want to be a turkey myself. That's that's the best. <laughs> I, I miss good Simpsons. I miss really turkey's good. a little dry. <laughs> that would have have to be. It would have been sand in that sandwich. Like it would have been absolute <laughs> sand. <laughs> all right, look, my favorite episodes. All right, two notable mentions. All right, let's just go there. Yeah. Interestingly, if I had to say name three, one would be um, the softball episode. Okay. That's standout. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's so just bizarre. It just shows the pettiness of, like, the Springfieldians and just the ridiculousness of, like, their whole town. Like, Ozzy Smith or whatever goes missing down the, um, that- The gorge? Is it a gorge? No, no. He goes to some random shop front. And he's like- And he falls down the Yeah, hole. he just goes, what is it? Oh, does it, my friend? So let's go in and may never come out. <laughs> wow. One, please. He just goes in. No. <laughs> Like, what the hell is like? Ozzy Smith seems to have vanished from the face of the earth. He's still falling. <laughs> Ooh, <Fake camera. laughs> that dude. Steve Sachs gets pulled over by cops. <sighs> yep. Steve, he gets pulled over. Got what's the problem, officer? That's another you, smart guy. That I make. Reach for your license <laughs> slowly. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> dude, the whole this dude. When Burns is putting together a team of ringers, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> Mordecai Freethringer Brown. <laughs> Find me some living players. Search the American League, the National League, the Negro League. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just so fucking stupid, man. Like, everyone is ridiculous. I think, like, you just got to put, like, the best of the Simpsons in, like, oh, one episode. Like- yeah. Make one season of The Best Simpsons. Like, I, I do miss Mr. Burns being, like, Mr. Burns. Oh, like, what is he now? Remember when he releases the monkeys out? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, he's not. Fly, my friends. Yeah, he's like, fly, and he's like, continue the research. <laughs> <laughs> like, I miss that sort of stuff, like little slapstick stuff. Now it's just, like, full commercial. Like- my favourite Mr. Burns thing is when the dog needs surgery and- Homer comes in to ask to borrow the money from Burns. Oh, jeez. And he walks in and he's got his finger ready for the button, yep. right? Ready. It's like, I know you're a good man. And he sort of pulls away. <laughs> I have a dog who's very sick. Oh, please continue. And he just starts tapping the, the shit the out. Button. <laughs> and they just come and get him. I think the best one is like when they knock on the door, they're like, who is it? Like, goons. Goons. Hi, goons. goons. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one. Uh, we're just bouncing back and uh, forth. Let's, let's go back. What uh, were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> What's kitchen? Kitchen. Kitchen. Sorry about kitchen. Oh, damn. All right. I, I forget. Sorry. So I'm 23 at this. <laughs> 23 at this stage. Watching I think, these episodes that we're talking about. I think about. the first season of Family Guy just came out, <laughs> and like that's all I'm doing at this stage. I bounce around restaurants, you know, whatever. Um, still bouncing around restaurants. I remember taking like long breaks between them, like going over to Thailand or like Singapore, Malaysia, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Now, one of the, my favorite places to work, which I'm actually going to say, uh, Naked for Satan. 
Oh, yeah. So like, that, what, is that true still open? I think so. I hope so. Like, they were really, like, they were the nice, like, the owners and everybody in there were the best. They Last are, time I went to that joint, man, I had a double birthday in the city. Yep. And I, like, I was a mate that I was actually talking about before at the wedding. It was his birthday over two days at Crown. And then another mate had a birthday at Naked for Satan. I yeah. just remember like doing a massive trip just to get there. And I think that was, was I remember the view was like incredible. Yeah. From I, inside there. I remember walking in there just, just being humble and being like, oh, what experience do you have? I'm like, you know, just, just kitchen hand and like cooking and stuff like that. Oh yeah, cool, cool. Like, um, do you want to make this? Yeah, cool. And I cook some steak on their grill and they're like, yeah, cool. You got the job. We open up in three days' time. Do you want to start tomorrow? Oh, so they weren't even open. Yeah, they weren't even open. And I remember, like, uh, Chris Wong, who was the, one of the head chefs there, he was, like, he's just a brilliant cook. And, yeah. it's like, he was just great. And he taught me, like, pretty much at that stage, I was a cocky little bastard. And he brought me back down to earth. To earth. He's like, be a man. He's like, just just calm down. Like, you got to do, cook it like this and cook it with passion and do yeah. this and do that and just, just relax and everything will come. And, like, from there... I try to walk into other kitchens, like, with open mind and not... I was going to say, what cuisine were you actually fucking with, like, up until that point? Just random pub. Just pub stuff. Pub stuff. Just Continental like, pub. Yeah, like... Parma steaks. Nachos, pasta. chips, pizzas, um, steak. I remember just doing, like, a lot of steaks, like... like do you know when they're like, oh, it's uh, Father's Day. What, what are we going to put on the special, T-Bone? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you sure you don't want to do Palmer? Mm-hmm. No, nah, we're doing. We're going for the T-Bone. Like, okay. I'll, I'll call the uh, I'll call the guys that get like all these T-Bones with the horse meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like going from it was naked for Satan, and then going to a couple of other bouncing around again because I wanted to learn a couple of different things, not to mention restaurants. Um, can't really mention these. It'll come back no, to No, don't, don't, don't mention anything you can't be bothered. And I remember just like going around Melbourne for a couple of years, just working here and there. And then Were I- Were you still up- averaging like three to five months per gig or- Yeah, but roughly about three months per gig, three to four months. Because I'd I get bored really quickly. I stayed at Naked Stadium for a long time because it was down the road from me. <laughs> it was easy. Money was good. My bosses were good. The owners were great. Anytime you had a problem, yeah, man, come in the office, take a seat. What's wrong? I'm like, this and this and this. All right, we'll look into it. And they did look into it. Though I happened to look into it. Like, if it was a legitimate problem, like, yeah, we'll get, like, because you'd have some people <laughs> in my career, like, chef, can I talk to you? What? I need sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> I need sponsorship, chef, please. They're going to deport me. I'm like, man, there's nothing I can do about this. Like, you need to work. Can you help me? No, no, I can't help you because I'm cooking. <laughs> I don't know nothing about this. You're going to have to get yourself a look. Like, it was just dumb stuff. Like, people come up to you and ask you for dumb stuff. Yeah. Like, chef, you want to be the best man at my wedding? I don't even know who you are, man. You've been here for two months. We never talk. Come on, chef. It will mean the world to me. No, not having it. Are you serious? Yeah. But I thought they wanted to, like, have photos with me in the, at their wedding. So when the time came to, like, if they- Oh, for migration purposes. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Get a knock on the door in the middle of the night. Like, yeah. Do you know Pascal Pascal? Who? I'm like, some Asian looking dude. Ah, oh, dude. I still get phone calls like, Chef, do you have any work? I'm like, who is this? It's it's so-and-so. I'm like, I don't remember you. Oh, we worked 10 years ago. Are you serious? Like, even now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's sunny. I need a dishy job. Like, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. So I was still bouncing around pub to pub after Nake for Satan. Um, I remember... Well, what happened after that? So I, I'm coming in fresh. I didn't really do my research nah, in my fine. life. I'm only asking you to remember the years of your life. And then I ended up... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I'm going to go home and be depressed. Like, why did I do that? Uh, I remember after all these pubs and whatnot, 
I ended up at a restaurant I really liked, just cooking Mexican food. Um, really good. Like I never cooked any Mexican or anything like that. Really? Yeah. Never, I like cooking Mexican food. Never man. did it. And I remember the chef there. He was really good. He, he was talented. And what's he, your favorite thing to make that's Mexican? I don't know. Like the cake was. Okay. What's your favorite thing to eat that's Mexican? Everything. Like everything. The whole thing. The whole menu. Like the spices, the chilies. It's great. Like, what are you typically using a Mexican dish? I, I was saying I was having this conversation with someone the other day. Yeah. Red peppers, coriander. Like you could you could use like like a lot of avo pe- chicken. A lot of places just like go for the straight chipotle like blitz chipotle. Then let's just mm. smother the chicken in nah, it. Nah, and nah, go nah, to town nah, nah, nah. You gotta you gotta. Ado- adobe is good. Like if you know how to make a good one, like mole is good. Like usually I used to make a this really this chili sauce, cook the chicken in it, then make tacos. Like for a salad dressing, I would do like cabbage, uh, agave, lime juice, salt, pepper. And just douse it in that, like a little bit of guacamole, and it'd, yeah. it'd be a winner. And like Mexican's good because it comes together really quickly, and there's a lot of flavor. Yeah, a it, lot of flavor. It's good. It's. I think it's like if I could do anything with the rest of my life, I'd just make tacos and fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds stupid. Like I'd really love to have just a hole in the wall. People come up to it. Hey man, what do you got today? I got chicken. I got fish. What do you want? Yeah, I'll have one of each. I'm like yeah, here you go, man. See you later. Like done. Out of there. There's a place in New York City called uh, Lost Tacos, number one. Yeah. Have a, have a YouTube, have a Google, and the guys have just got, like, there's, like, 50 people working in there. Fresh tortillas, fresh guacamole, fresh everything. Yeah. I'd love to have that in Melbourne, but... Where's it to go for Mexican in Melbourne? Oh, jeez. I say Fonda. That's the first one that comes to mind. And Fonda's not bad. It's consistent. Uh, but it's not It's not particularly authentic. It, no, there's nothing authentic it's in Melbourne. It's pricey. Yeah. Every, everything Mexican is pricey as hell. It's, it's, for what it is, yeah. it's very pricey. I don't understand why. I, some of the ingredients that you get, like the chilies and all that sort of stuff, it costs like 10 bucks for 100 grams of these chilies. Chilies, okay. What else is expensive in the ingredients? <sighs> Staff. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Three Bangladeshis. <laughs> Nepalese, actually. Yeah. Like, we, like uh, shout out to the Nepalese crew. <laughs> In Melbourne, you guys do a really good job. Like, they're great guys. <laughs> Nepalese, um, Nepalese. Yeah. Um, like, everything's expensive, man. Like, just even getting ch- – I remember getting chicken. I remember getting chicken sent to the shop. I open up the box. The smell comes out. I look inside. It's all green. This is all chicken. And the guy's like, oh, it's a mistake. That shouldn't have happened. I'm like, oh, good thing it's the last one at the bottom of all 10 boxes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, I'll oh, get rid of that. And I remember just like turning green and going to the bathroom. It was just the, like, it was bad. That box must have been sitting outside for like days. Like we've had just questionable things happen like, yeah. during my chef career. I remember chefs like having mental breakdowns mid-shift. Just like, hey, where's Tony? <laughs> <laughs> In the and, car like, park punching his glass. And you just see like Tony sends you a message. I'm not coming back ever again. Really? And you're like, cool, man, cool. There's like you you call them once, make sure they're okay. Look. And then I've got one other mate, right, who I worked with for years. Mm. And um incidentally it was his wedding on the weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. It was all coming down. And he worked as a chef in some like ho- like big hotels and shit like that. Yeah. He did his whole apprenticeship. And I remember when I first started working with him, he'd just finished up as a chef. So like ten years ago, yeah. just over ten years ago. And we are talking about it. And I said, I didn't even know he was a chef, like, you know, trained and shit. And I said, you ever going to go back in? He goes, no. Nah. He goes, it's too toxic. Like, 
So it's just hard. It's just so fucking hard. Mentally, you're dealing with so much, and I've just watched too many people break down. I'm, I'm not going back to it. He's gone back to it. The yeah. last year or so, he's been cooking again. But is he doing it for himself? Like, is it? Is he, he picked the he picked the cafe, like a local cafe yeah. near to him, and he sort of I, he was quiet about it for a while. But he likes the what he's doing, la la la. But he's, it's not his main hustle. Like he's pushing towards something else completely different. Yeah, which is nearly finished up. Yeah. So it's like everyone always gets sucked into that hospitality loop, and I was just really curious as to what he was saying to me about how it's such a toxic environment, so high paced, so cutthroat. And he was saying the same shit that you said about people having breakdowns. Yeah. What, what causes it? Just working too much. So you've got, like, the main thing I saw as I got older was, so chefs who are married, who've got kids, who are at work all the time. You've got staff that don't show up. You've got bosses that don't want to pay your overtime or anything like that. When the, you've been promised overtime or when your wages go missing, there's a whole number of things. But eventually, I'm not going to say everyone breaks, but everybody just gets sick of it. There's a day you're like, I need, I need to go home. I need a break. Like, I can't deal with this. And I've seen shit. For some reason, when the chef is going through something, he walks into the kitchen with his head shaved. That's what I've noticed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, this guy. <laughs> like, why'd you shave your head for? Oh, no reason. And I'm like, is that a cr-? like?" And it would be a cry for help. Like, it's a, Look, it, culturally, something- culturally, people shave their heads in many different cultures as a form of uh, – Either getting over grief or dealing with trauma. Yeah. Because it's a refresher. Remember like Britney Spears? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like you'd notice the like you'd notice like, hey man, are you alright? Yeah, I'm good. Like, oh, let's go for a chat. Like and you'd they'd be like, Oh look, my missus left me. She took the kids. I can't do this anymore. And it would always be like that, my missus left me. And it was always for the older chefs. My missus left me. Like I can't deal all with right, this. Here's a question. Why? Why are restaurants so sh- lacking of staff? And people are literally working triple shifts day on, day on, day on. So the contracts that I would usually get were, hey, you're going to work a 38-hour week and anything over 38 hours is out of the goodness of your own heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I'll show you a contract later on. Like, I'll show you. Are you that, serious? Yeah, I'll show you a couple of them. I, that, these are the same things I've heard. Like, yeah. I've heard these before. Like, you just work and work and work until I, you're dead and then they wake you up and you keep working. I went – so during during – during COVID, I started calling out restaurants on my Instagram and there was one where I called him out and he, the owner actually called me and he's like, why would you do this? You know, like, you're not supposed to show this. I'm like, okay, what did you, what was, like, give me an and example. And I said to him, I go, hey man, all I ever wanted to do was work for you guys because I think you guys are the best at what you at do. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And like for you to give me a contract with, so the amount of money was $43,000 per year. And I'm like, for, for a sous chef job, 43 G's. Like that's like seven fifty a week after you work like probably like eighty ninety hours. That's disgusting. And I remember the, talk, the guys in there like don't work here, man. Don't work here. Like they they suck you in. They make you go do courses under their like you go do um couple of courses with their business. Yeah, accredited and, to their. And you got to sign a twelve month contract while you work there, and then. If you leave in the first six months, you have to pay him back for the course and every. What's like, the course worth? Probably about four or five grand. Okay. So it's not peanuts. It's enough to keep you motivated to yeah. keep working. There. So pretty much like if you take a Thursday to go do this course, they'll still pay you your wages for that Thursday. And then like you say, you quit six months later on, you've got to pay him back for the course. You've got to pay him back for the day. The wage, wage that you missed? Yeah, that you went and did the class. You're technically still working though. Technically, but they don't see it that so way. So what did you actually call him out on? I call him out on the pay. 
And I said, this is illegal. As in, you just put it up as a story? Yeah, I just put it up because I was bored. Like, it was the second <laughs> lockdown. And I was like, here's this joint. They didn't want to pay me enough. And I I really wanted to work for them. I really did. Because I was like, man, this would be great. Like, because I just want to do this going forward. Yeah. And no, nah, didn't go down that way. Owner, so what happened with the owner? The owner called me up and he's like, what would you do? So you got to take it down. I'll call my lawyer. I go, yeah, man, call your lawyer. You know where I live. You could, like, it was funny how quickly he got my my information like, and my number and call me. And I was like, holy shit, that was fast. How long did it take? About 15 minutes. Are you serious? Yeah. So what, did you take the actual business? Oh, yeah, fucking hell, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, I called up a couple of chefs. I'm like, hey, did you give old mate my number? Like, I don't even know who that is. Oh, yeah, cool, 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 just double checking. <laughs> and they did that, and I was a bit shocked. It took them 15 minutes. I was like, fuck, does, does he follow me? Like, Power of the internet, man. Oh, I don't know. I reckon you just put two and two together and then just figured it out. There must have been something... I, so, so, I honestly think they were trying to get away with paying me as less as possible. Yeah. And they knew who they were paying that specific amount to. And that's how they could like trace it down and figure out. Oh, it's, okay. it's this douchebag. Let, let me ask you. So we didn't actually answer the question. Why is it that all these restaurants are understaffed and run people into the ground? What's the motivation? Just they, better top end? Like as in. So if you got, you know, it's going to be busy on a, okay. As an example, you know, it's going to be busy come Friday because everyone's finishing work. Um, and the owner of the restaurant said, hey, man, get rid of the dishy. Make sure he comes in at 5 o'clock, not 12 o'clock. Make sure the, the sous chef comes in at, like, 3 o'clock instead of 12. Make sure the casuals come in at this specific time. And at that stage, maybe there's, like, two of you in the kitchen. Like, so you're doing service and you're doing prep, and then you get to, like, 5 o'clock and you're just getting raped. And then you got the owner that just walks in and he's like, hey, what happened today? What, what happened? Like, you guys fucked up the service. There's There was no food. There's no this. There's no that. Not really going to say, hey, Jose, you told me to get rid of all the staff. Like, we didn't really prep that well this week because we just got, we yeah. got slammed all week. And they're like, it's not good enough. And you're like, man, I need more staff. And they're, they're hesitant to give you more staff because it comes out of their pocket. They're Like, uh, you got some good guys and bad guys in the, in the industry, and I do know it's their pocket and it's their livelihoods as well. And they're trying to save as much as money as possible. You know? Yeah, but it just seems so cutthroat, man, when it, it doesn't need to be. It It is. But like, say say you took out like half a mil loan, you started your restaurant, you're left with a hundred grand or 50, like you're left with a little bit of money to pay your staff. Yeah. And then you start like going into debt. Of course, you're going to start cutting corners. Like you're going to be like, okay, get rid of this guy, get rid of this guy, stop ordering this. We need to cut this. We need to cut that try and boost alcohol sales, do the best that you guys can. And while I'm at it, I'm going to pay you guys less. <laughs> yeah. That's what my mate said to me. He said to me that, because I asked him, would you ever go back into it? And he said, nah, unless I was owning the joint. Yeah. I said, why? Because, because unless you're the head chef and head, head, head chef, yeah. there's no money in it. He goes, the restaurant makes the money off the bar. Yeah. Everything else is just like, yeah, you're lucky to break even. Yeah, it's like that 38-hour contract. Like, you will work 80 to 90 hours that week. You will. And, like, you'll take it upon yourself to be like, okay, I start at 12, but I'm going to go in at 8 o'clock because I know I don't have this much staff to start preparing all this food. I know I'm not going to have a dishy till this time. I know no one's going to make break down the lamb ribs. No one's going to break down the goat that's going to come in or, like, the chickens that I've got coming in or the fish. Yeah. You know, I've got no one to prep the ceviche. I've got no one to squeeze 100 lemons, all that sort of stuff. You take it upon yourself to, like, you start acting like that business is is your business. It's not yours, but you do everything that you can because 
one day, the worst part that I, like, I, I did treat staff badly sometimes, but it got, I got to the point where I was like, okay, these guys are going to go to another restaurant eventually, and they're either going to be good at their jobs or they're going to suck at their jobs. So I hope to God, like, the people that I did work with, I was like, they're like, oh, I worked with Jim at so-and-so. And like, yeah, man, that guy's a good guy. Like, I worked with him as well. So, yeah. like, if they went somewhere else, like, Jim at this restaurant taught me how to do this. And like, yeah, man, great. Didn't want him to be like Jim at that restaurant that did a shit job. Yeah. Like, and like broke down halfway through half these shifts and <laughs> like started, like left at eight o'clock and had a drink and like, you know, like all that sort of stuff. Like, I remember like, you mentioned before the head head chefs. Yeah. I remember the head head chef showed up. Uh, he took over, he shows up and he's like, how's it going guys? Uh, yeah, good. We ready for tonight? Yep. All right. We'll be back in five minutes. Disappears. Disappears. Like, no idea where the fuck this guy's gone. He's meant to do the shift. Like, he's one shift a week. Disappears. And I remember my mate saying, hey, I just saw so-and-so at the, the Chinese place. He's coming back? Oh, mate, he's like four four bottles deep. He ain't coming back at all. He went down to another joint and yeah. just started drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and we'd see that often with a lot of chefs. Like, where's so-and-so? They come in just smashed. Absolutely just, like, done. Is this, like, some sort of... Like, I don't think... Like I said, I've heard about it. It's like the underbelly of like the hospitality world. Uh, it would it would happen a lot. Is, is there an open secret that I don't know about? I don't know. Like it happened to me where it didn't happen. Like I didn't have a drug issue or anything like that, but I did start drinking quite a bit. And I didn't drink beer. I drank a lot of tequila because yeah. I was in a lot of Mexican restaurants. <laughs> and it was just a, like I it was never – drinking was never a problem, but I got to a point where I was like oh, – this is a little bit getting a little bit out of hand. Is this normal? Because <laughs> they're like, I remember somebody like, "What's in that glass? Water." <laughs> you're automatically putting salt on your palm. <laughs> yeah, every time someone offers you a drink, you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah sweet, let me get yeah, ready." Yeah, but it's, uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Like mezcal. Like I remember there was uh, there was a bottle of like uh, Don Julio Real, an yeah. expensive bottle, and they just pick it up. Like, where the fuck is this gone? <laughs> like, I've got no idea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, uh, dude. It just it get it would get ridiculous sometimes. Like, I remember, I'm like, Tony, why are you sweating? <laughs> what? What's going on, chef? I'm like, yeah, man, your eyes are dilated. I don't like. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, chef. Good, good to go. Good to go. Yes, chef. I'm like, bro, leave now. <laughs> Like no no I'm good I can do this I can do this and you're like yeah okay because you, you look at you look around the kitchen you're like I'm fucked either way just keep going yeah and I remember there was a day where let's say Tony <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna call everybody Tony no, Tony <laughs> Tony's sitting there at the pizza fridge stopped in his tracks jaws to the bottom drooling like Tony you're right huh <laughs> are you okay yeah I'm good man I'm like oh he's done. Your sleeve is in the uh, burner, mate. And, like, unknown to me and everybody else, this guy's just put himself into a K-hole. What? Yeah. Mid-shift, just throwing himself into a fucking K-hole. Oh, chef, I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy's dying. Come in the next day like nothing happened. Hey, boys, how good was last night? I'm like... Where were you? (laughs) We were here. And, like, I I would never... Like, I didn't want to say anything. I never said anything to management. I said, look, man, if you've got a problem, it's best that you go. Yeah. Like, like no one wants to work with that here. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. I'd give him two chances. Not three. I'd always give everyone two because, like, first time is a mistake. Second time, like, you fuck up. Yeah. But, like, you can't ask these guys to work 90 hours, come in, like, seven days a week, and you'd not get some sort of issue popping up. Yeah. I used to see that in events. 
because, you know, you'd think you're doing an eight-hour shift. Yeah. But then you turn up to the Pearl Jam concert and they're doing their third encore. Yeah. It's like, man, we were meant to pack up, like, start packing up, like, you know, two hours ago. We are meant to be pulling out of this joint now. Yeah. And they're just finishing their their last song. And you got about a hundred, you know, hundred fifty thousand people in this joint that's got to leave before we can start ripping the floor so up. We got to pack up, man. Yeah. What's going on? I'm going for a drink. I'll be back later. Yeah, and like everyone shows up, we're just fucked and up, dude. We'd, we'd be coming back from sale, like a Triple J concert. We did out in sale. We turn up at twelve midnight to start pulling up floor. Incidentally, there was a storm during the concert, oh, yeah. so you know what I mean. And they're doing their last encore. I'm like, everyone was meant to have gone, and the cleaners were meant to have come through by now. Yeah. Look, we're we're an hour late, and the gig's still going on. So you take it on yourself. So it's five a.m. and truckies are looking for whipper in their bags because they're going to fall asleep driving ten ton truck back from fucking sale in pure fog and storm. There was this there was this one place I worked at, and I didn't realize what was going on because I was just too busy. I was just I had no idea. So um, somebody goes, "Indoor soccer coach is here." Well, I don't, I don't, it, means, okay. it means absolute fuck all to me. And everyone's like, oh, fucking sweet. Let's go say hello to him. And they all leave. Everyone's disappeared. They're all picking up Charlie. Why? To get through the shifts. Okay. So this guy, and the indoor soccer coach was, because he actually taught indoor soccer. Like he was the coach for some fucking little team and like he'd rock up in this Honda Accord. <laughs> <laughs> and like there'd be a, pants. be a huge Maori guy in the passenger seat. Of course it was. And like, hey, hey, buddy, how you going? Yeah, good cuz. <laughs> <laughs> and like that, I remember that shit. I remember that shift clearly. Just down. Went to hell. Yeah. Like it went, like, guys, what's going on? Like, oh, what, what, chef? I'll be back. They go do another line and come back. And I'm like, this is fucked. And then I'd leave that restaurant. So, like, when you ask why two, three months, it would be something like that would happen. And it would get really bad. Like, you'd have um, – Christmas was the worst. Christmas, New Year's, all that sort of stuff. If you had to work – I'm sure you've worked Christmas and New Year's before. Mate, I worked in an industry that revolved around hospitality. Yeah. There was no going back. We had blackout. We had holiday blockouts where it's like you cannot take a day off. You will never take a day between off. Between, like, like – End of September through to like Easter. I remember it was always February 22. We could all leave. Yeah. There was like tiny periods. You know what I mean? Yeah. But during December, nah. Like nah. Christmas was like always the busiest and the worst time. Like if you had a good crew and you had good guys working for you, it'd be fun. And yes, they would do what they did, but like they could control what they did. And I'm sure- Festive season. Yeah, it's a festive (laughs) season. And I'm sure a lot like people listening, like you know what I'm talking about. Like they saw it. You just ignored it. Yeah, cool. They're here. They're going to do their job. We're going to make our money. We're going to go home. I'm not going to say anything to these guys. And it would happen a lot. And then after Christmas is when it would get really bad. There was a time where I remember looking at the security cameras and one of the, the chefs is sleeping outside the front of the restaurant at like six this morning because the guy across the road would be like, hey, man, somebody was sleeping outside the restaurant at six in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'll check the security cameras. And it's so-and-so who's working in there right now. And it would happen like a lot. He's like, he'd, he'd be like, oh, I can't make it home, so I just might as well sleep on the street. And he'd just sleep there. So, like, any time you're going through the city, the CBD, and you see a homeless dude sleeping outside. It's just one of my chefs. It could be, it could be the head chef down at, uh, what's it called, in um, in Crown, the conservatory? <laughs> no. Like, I, I remember, I'm like, what are you, I remember talking to him, like, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, oh, just couldn't it's make it like, home. Yeah, who's that guy that's, like, babbling outside underneath the South Bank Bridge? He's a head chef at the, uh, what's it called, the Atlantic, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, Jesus. Oh, man, it would, 
I don't like I I tell a lot of people some of these stories and they're like I don't believe you and I'm like yeah that's fine like you I I believe them because a I know you're not a bullshit artist two I do have another you know, another mate or two that have been chefs or like close to head chefs yeah. and they've seen they've said the similar shit this is the first time I'm actually documenting it and going well, deep into it so like we'll go back to the two to three month thing so when I'd go to a new place it'd be good it'd be cool I'd learn a lot of new things the chefs would be great everybody would nice and helpful. And then the honeymoon would fucking end. Okay, <laughs> one like, day they just drop a whole steak on you. Like, I, I remember getting, yeah. I remember getting into a fist fight with a chef in the fridge because he's like, "Where's this?" I'm like, "Man, I saw it in here this morning." Well, it's not fucking in here, you liar. I'm like, "Look, I don't lie. I don't have time to lie. I'm pretty much here with you every fucking day. I don't lie." And this chef, I remember, he punched me straight in the fucking nose, and there was just blood everywhere. Yeah, there was blood everywhere, and he's like, "You feel like a big man now?" I'm like, "What?" And it was on. So, why the fuck would a chef punch you in the face? I was I would have been about twenty one at this stage. Yeah, but why? And, like a lot of these chefs were angry. Like, okay, but they had no. They, they had. They just had anger issues. Okay, do you know why this seems really not ridiculous but stupid to me and surreal? Your chefs, right? Your chefs. Yeah. I don't know about how many fights you've ever been in in your life, or situations where a fight might actually break out. Yeah. and it gets to the point of like shoving and like. Having to physically be restrained, right? Those are high testosterone volatile environments. Yeah. Right? I've worked in industries and in environments and stuff where I'm surrounded by transients, surrounded by jailbirds, surrounded by druggies. Yep. I'm surrounded by backpackers and stuff that don't give a shit about what you're doing. That's your whole kitchen crew, man, right there. But that's what I'm saying. I've been in these environments, right, where dudes are physically lifting steel all day or getting like the testosterone starting to pump. And it gets testy, but I've rarely seen this shit go down where it gets to the point where people are actually yeah, smacking each I got, other. I got punched in the nose when I was 21. I remember getting punched in there. And at that stage, I remember just going to the gym every day and I was like, yeah, let's go. And we started fighting in the fridge and then everybody starts rocking up in the fridge and they're like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, oh, old mate over here took a swing at me and so I defended myself. I want to get the fuck out of here, man. There's a camera in the fridge. <laughs> and um, it was all because... Um, somebody took some stock out of the fridge that he thought was still in there. Yeah. And he, like, he ended up quitting a week later anyway. Like, he was done. Yeah. But it was, it was really, that was the first time I've actually been, like, assaulted at work. Yeah. Like, he was just, like, really, like, he just flipped. Was it the last time? No, it wasn't the last <laughs> time. <laughs> it wasn't the last time. I, I never took, I, you get angry at people, you tell them to fuck off and that. I've had plates thrown at me, pots thrown at me. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, stuff like people, the chefs will come past you and burn you with like, they'd heat up a spoon and just burn you behind your elbow or some shit like that and like tell you hurry the fuck up. Like stuff like that would happen. And I'd explain it to mates like, nah, man, like you're just over-exaggerating. And I'm like, okay, cool. And um, it would happen, happen often. Like you'd be like, I'm going to, like taking, going for a shit or taking a leak is the best time for every other chef to just fuck up your station. Yeah. Like, they just ruin your mise en place. Everything would just, like, be in disarray. They'd stack pots all over it. They'd turn off your fryer. Like, it would just be, like, absolute fucking mayhem. And they'd happen to everybody. And Why? Just fucking around. Everyone's just a pirate or a bunch of kids. Like, it would, I remember, I don't know. It just it would just happen. And it's I guess it's because you're there all day and you want to have a laugh. Yeah, I mean, but look. Back in the day, like, being, like, bullying, harassing at, at work wasn't 
that big of an issue as it oh, is not, now. No, nah, over the last, they stamped that out like five, ten years yeah, ago. They so, were like really coming down on it. Yeah, the like workplace harassment. And like huge. you'd have to, you'd cop it before you could actually be one of the boys in the kitchen crew. Yeah, there's always hazing. That yeah, would you'd go through that hazing phase and you'd be all right eventually. And I saw that a lot when I was a little kid, like bit of the hazing, bit of this. Yeah. And I remember like the first time being in a proper pub fun, pub environment kitchen, like full blast, full tilt, like everyone working. That's the first time I saw like a, a massive abuse of drugs. Yeah. I remember um, I, like I didn't really have any idea about like drugs or anything when growing up because like you'd hang out with your cousins and like community, like none of them would ever well, do. none of us ever did no, drugs. No, our, our key group never did no, drugs. No, no, we never did. Like I remember we'd just go for a drink and that yeah. was it. And like people come, hey, man, you want to hecky? I'm like, no, yeah. no, man, I'm all right. I'm- yeah, I used to leave my hood because I'd come and hang out with you and like my cousin and stuff and we were all clean. No, yeah, I was like, mm, I don't want to touch that shit. And I never did touch that shit because like alcohol was just like, I'll get fucked up and I'd be fine. Yeah. And um, just remember the chef taking tinfoil. Just oh. unwrapping tinfoil. And I'll be back in 10 minutes. Yeah. Cool. And he'd come back just full guns blazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, what's, what's going on there? And, like, that would just be rampant. Yeah. And you'd just see it happening. Like, a lot. The owners. Ah, oh, okay. So, one of the. So, after working in a lot of restaurants or whatnot, I decided to go back to uni. Yeah. So, going back to full-time university and working full-time is probably, like, the hardest thing I've done because of my age, trying to, like, pay rent and all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure a lot of people have done it. It's, yeah. it's not the best thing, but you, you, you persevere and you get it done. So, I remember working at this one restaurant. They're like, hey, man, we want you to be the head chef. Everything's done. The boys just got to, like, prep everything. You come in. Just make sure it's running smoothly. Yeah, cool, no problem. And I remember going into the office maybe my second week, and they're just racking up in there. Like, all the owners, everybody. Oh, everyone. Yeah, so the owners of this joint, like, the place doesn't – I remember walking in there and saying, oh, man, this place isn't going to last. I don't know what the fuck's going on in here. And the second week, walking in the office, I just knock in the door and open the door. I don't give a fuck. Like, hey, man, I need this. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, nothing, nothing. Look, <laughs> I can see you're racking up. That's fine. I don't give a fuck. But this, there's a guy outside. Meat bill hasn't been paid Apparently, you guys pay this guy cash in the hand when he shows up. Of course he I'll tell him to fuck off. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Bill, they're in the office. <laughs> and I just put him under the spot like that because I'm not doing that. And I remember, um, so coming that week, I remember um, him walking in and being like, I've got a Bucks party to, to attend to. I'm like, cool. So he goes into the fridge. Like, oh, it's my business. I'll take what I want. Okay. So he empties me out on a Friday afternoon. He takes everything that we had that's worth cooking. So like T-bones, like steaks, like burger buns, burgers. And we ended up, I was like, okay, we've got to do the minimum menu because this guy's just coming like off his fucking face. And it got to the point where he took so much stuff. I remember calling my friend Manny. I'm like, man, I'm going to quit. He goes, I'll come down and pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> and Manny just, he's like, yeah, Manny's like, okay, are you sure this is happening? I go, yeah, man, come down if you don't believe me. He goes, no, 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 I believe you. I'm just going to come and pick you up. He comes into the shop. He like I've already left at that stage, and he walks into the kitchen with Jim. Like, we, we don't know. I've just walked out the back door. I've disappeared. And he's like, hey, man, I walked in there. That place is fucked up. I walked into the fridge. I saw this and this and this. He goes, yeah, don't go back there. And uh, shout out to Manny because Ma- Manny is one of the people who would always get me a job uh, working at uh, – just random places. He's like, hey, man, you want to make money this weekend? Yeah, cool. 
Michael, I need you to run the pass at uh, Formula One, or I need yeah. you to do this, or I need you to do that. And he's one of those guys where you're like, hey, Manny, can you get me a bottle of Dom Perignon 2004? And he's like, uh, how many do you need? <laughs> He'd be, he's one of those guys. The, yeah, like, the he, guys. He would yeah. always like, hey, I need a fridge and I need it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring you one. And he'd deliver you a fridge. Like, he's one of those guys. And um, I remember after that burger shop, working for him for a couple of months, going to uni, back and forth, just trying to – I remember just saying to myself, I can't go back to the kitchen. Like, I can't do that anymore. That's just bullshit. It's, yeah. it's fucking with my mental state. How long did you last all up in kitchens? About 15 years. 15? Yeah. Yeah, 15 years. I know, like, I'm trying, I've compressed everything into, like, one 20-minute block. But yeah. it's, I would say, uh, the next kitchen's going to be better. The next kitchen's going to be better. I'm going to eventually have my own shop. Yeah. I'm going to have my own shop. I'm going to have my own shop. And then eventually, it just got to the point where, like, I'm losing my friends, I'm losing my family, I'm losing my girlfriend, I'm losing everything, I've got no money in the bank, I've, I'm have i at this stage where I've got absolutely nothing. So, I'm, I mean, would you say a restaurant is a dead business? No, no, it's not. It works, like, I've got a mate, uh, Tristan, like, he's one of the best fucking chefs I've ever met, like, hands down, like, if it could be anyone, I'd work for, if I could have worked for anybody else for the rest of my life, I'd work for him. He knows how to cook. He knows how to run a business. He's doing really well. Like uh, Manny does really well as the hospitality industry does really well. I know it's not a restaurant, but like you've got people who love it and they do it because they've gone and done it for themselves. They know what works and what doesn't work. So, so why is it so hopeless with like wages and and staff it's, and? It's the wages, man. Like if like you've seen how the world is now, you can't buy a house anywhere. Like, oh no, there's no way. Like if you're not in the market. Already now, it's over. Like, no. Like, the chefs are not, like, if you're, most chefs get paid about 80,000 80, to 90, and, you know, you work 80 hours, 90 hours. See, that's disgusting. Yeah. And what have you got time for? You got time to go home, hang out with your kids, hang out with your missus, go visit your parents. So, yeah. the time, the point where, for me, it just, like, I gave up mentally, my grandparents passed away. Yeah. And I remember being at the, at the deep fryer. Like, my grandmother disappeared. I was like, fuck, I've spent all my time sitting on this fucking fryer, sitting in this kitchen. I haven't, I didn't even get to see them. Like, they were over here, like, at the old folks' home, and I was always fucking working. Yeah. And it sucked, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I remember my missus one day, what do you want to do? God, fuck, I don't know, IT. Yeah, cool, I'm going to just apply for uni for you. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I thought she was shit-talking. Yeah. And she just fucking applies for it. And I get a phone call. Yeah, come on down to Deacon. <laughs> I was like, "Well, huh? yeah, come on down. Like next week, uh, we need to have an interview with you." And I was like, "Okay." I'm like, "Did you do this?" She goes, "You said you wanted to do it." I was like, "Yeah, cool, no problems." And we went on from there. The last place, how it was. You take that. <laughs> says Manny. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you back. <laughs> um, so I remember. It got to the point where I lost my girlfriend. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to work Mount Buller. I'm having a hard – my mental state was a bit fucked. I wanted to – I didn't lose it, but it was on the way out. And my mental health was, like, degrading. And I was like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Ad pops up on Facebook. You want to work at Mount Buller? <laughs> yeah, fucking hell, I want to work at Mount Buller. <laughs> I've never seen the snow before in my life. And working at Mount Buller pretty much just saved my mental health. Everybody knew what the game was there. Knew what to do. 
Um, you know, we'd go, we'd cook, make sure prep was done, go drink, wake up the next day, go to work, go snowboard. I couldn't snowboard because I'm Greek. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the one day I, went, I tried to snowboard, walked up the hill and tried to go down, and then I ended up walking down the hill with a snowboard. Seriously? Yeah, I couldn't do it. I was, Why? I don't know. Like, it just, I could not strap my feet into this fucking board. What do you mean? Just plant your feet in I, I know, I know. Like, <laughs> just plant your feet into I can ride a motorbike though around Philip Island, no say, fucking problem. Yeah. But like, I'm, strap- like I'm talking from experience. I've never snowboarded in my <laughs> life. <laughs> like, I was like, nah, can't do it. I'm, it's, I'm not controlling it. Like, yeah. this is a bit fucked up. And I fell down and I was like, no, I'm not going to hurt myself. That's, that's it. <laughs> but Mount Buller was like one of those experiences. It was 2016 Mount Buller. How long? Uh, I think it was a good six months. Okay. So went up there, helped prep. That's where I met Tristan. And I'll say it again, best fucking chef I've ever met. Um, taught me whole, like he just taught me a whole bunch of shit. And he's like, what do Greeks do? I'm like, lemon. Or oregano, salt. Salt. And he's like, so just salt. I'm like, yeah, so a little bit of salt. He goes, yeah, yeah, cool. And like, he taught me a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah. And um, I fell in love with it again, but I fell in love with it without wanting to like go back into the kitchen. So I would work for him a couple of times when we got back to Melbourne and whatnot. And like, the food was just on fucking point. It was just brilliant. I would never get bored of like preparing and cooking the food there. And you'd be like, Hey man, can you hurry up? I've got ten minutes. I'd never get told to fuck off. I'd, my wages would come in properly. Like, hey man, what do you think of this? I'm like, you're asking me. Yeah, yeah, man. What do you think? I'm like, yeah, do this. He's like, I don't know everything in the world, man. Because what do you think? I'm like, all right, cool. Like, how do you cook this octopus? Let's cook it like this. Yeah, cool, done. Yeah, throw it on the grill. And that got to the point where I was like, I don't want to cook anymore. So that's where I was like, yep, turning off. And every other joint that I worked at was ju- I was just on autopilot. So I continued cooking and being at uni, but I was just on autopilot. Yeah. And got to the point where wages went missing. Um, I'd be like, hey, man, I worked 45 hours. You've only paid me for 20. Oh, it's got to be a mistake. We'll pay you. And I'm fucking waiting for my wages. Like waiting, waiting, waiting. Like what's going on? Oh, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. I remember there was a girl that I worked with who worked for a reputable Greek guy. And... Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> I remember her being like, I remember she called me. For, she's like, ah, oh, hey, I'm a, uh, there was actually two girls that I knew that worked for the guy. Um, one of them was like, um, hey, guess what? I'm like, what? She goes, I just got fucking paid out. I'm jumping on a plane. I'm going to fucking Rome. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. It's like, so, I'm like, how much? She's like, enough. To yeah. like, enough for a house deposit, enough to go to fuck off. I was like, man. And like. I don't know. Like, it's just like, I'd think about how much money I've been missing, and it, it's quite a bit. It's a big sum that's like, that I haven't been paid. Got a lot of superannuation missing, a lot of wages missing, like, pretty much enough for a house deposit as well. Like, that's how much is missing for the hours that I've worked. And we did try getting it back, but there's all these, all this bullshit you gotta go through, and you'll never see it. I'm gonna ask again. I'm gonna ask a similar but different question. Oh, yeah. How does this keep actually going on? It's can't like I'm imagining like strength in numbers, man. It sounds to me like there's a lot of loose cannons in these kitchens that don't have a lot to lose, as in like they don't care by that point. Like their will's gone, it's, right? It, yeah. So what? What about just standing up and walking the fuck out of a kitchen? Um, you know, you got rent to pay. I get that. The, the fear but, of not being paid, like if you walk out, them holding your wages, like just holding it against. Wouldn't you. that sink a whole restaurant though? 
No, I mean, what are you going to do? Have the owner bluff everything? And- you could just get a chef on call and they'd come down. You'd survive for a week and then you'd rehire another chef. Uh, yeah, true. Like it's like if it was if there was like some sort of aren't there unions or anything? Nah, there's no union. Oh, man, they've tried. I know they've tried, but they're just. They don't do I figure anything. there would be like a hospitality sort of. It's because like people own the restaurant. People own it, not a big fucking group. It's just one person with the dream to own a restaurant. Like they yeah. went on fucking Master Chef and <laughs> they cry. Like it's been my dream to cook, and I'm sitting there staring at this guy crying on TV. I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's your dream to cook. Quit your fucking 150 grand job a year. Stop paying all this money for all these toys that you fucking own. And go work in the kitchen for six months as a ditchy. Then you'll see your, how big your fucking dream is. I don't actually watch MasterChef for all that, right? Uh, I've seen it a couple of times. I know one guy on there who I think is a really good fucking cook as well. Um, Nguyen. He was on one of the seasons. I remember walking into a kitchen. Um, I worked at this place, another good place. Saigon Sally, run by Adrian Lee. I fucking love you, Adrian. Best chicken salad I've ever had in my life. Um, you just shout out all your favorite foods. I have foods. to. I yeah. have to before I get crucified. Yeah. Um, no, it was a really that that was another place. Really good kitchen crew. Like really good kitchen crew. Like yeah. they knew their shit. And like, yeah, uh, it sounds to me like it's literally like one or two little um, safe havens in a sea yeah. of just shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's an island. Go for it. Yeah. And like, like literally, like the oasis. Every like couple hundred kilometers. Is literally one random restaurant out of like a whole block of, in the CBD, and it's it's so shit because you're like fuck, this is too good. When's it going to end? I remember being there and like they're like, oh, they're shutting down, like motherfuckers. Like you're waiting for it. Yeah, the, I remember I was there for a good six months and they like they were closing down or something like that, and I was like, fuck, man. So where it's am almost I go? like if it's too good to be true, it probably is because it, they're not making enough well i'd never look at their books or anything like like i said at this stage i was just on autopilot like having a good laugh um yeah it was i had some good times i can say that (laughs) but like the bad stuff always trumps over the good times that i had yeah like it will will always be like i have like like flashbacks and like like ptsd flashbacks yeah it's really stupid how i'm like oh fuck i can't like, I remember sitting in a restaurant and hearing the, the ticket machine. like duh, 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 duh. <laughs> The bell? And, <laughs> and the bell. And I remember being with my missus at a restaurant and the waitress came in. Is there anything I can do? Okay, you can grab that food that's been sitting on the pass for 10 fucking minutes. Because if you ask to ring that bell again, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and my, my, my girlfriend, like, she's like, can you calm the fuck down? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm really sorry. I don't know where that came from. She's like, that's all right. It happens. You know what, man? I remember... Um, and one of my last jobs, like years ago, I, I used to wear like a headset because it was all voice activated, like picking, water yeah. picking. And one thing you would say, because it would never pick your voice up. It was a busy warehouse. Like, you know, it was loud <laughs> as fuck. So you'd be yelling commands into it. Like you're at the KFC, you know, drive through. Yeah. And you'd always say, say again, in order to get the command to come back through. So mm. you could repeat the whole process. And you'd always be like, say again, say again, say again. I remember walking through the CBD after about a year or two of working at that joint. Yeah. And I remember standing on the street. I still remember where I was. I was on Swanson Street, right near where the Lord of the Fries is. Yeah. Crossing that laneway. And someone next to me just said, say again. And I fucking jumped. Like I jumped out of my skin. And I just stood there staring and I stopped in my tracks. Nearly got hit by a car coming like right at me. Yeah. And this guy was looking at me like, like, like I'd freaked him out. And I'm like, sorry. And I just kept walking. Like, this is bad. When when I got out of the kitchen, when I finally got out of the kitchen, I think I've been out of the kitchen for a good 
two years now. That's not that long. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not that no, long. No, it's not. And I remember I went to work at a university and I did um, just like uh, they'd call up and like, hey, can you reset my password? Yeah, cool. And I remember there'd be one guy like, you fucking cunts, mate. You keep making me reset my password. And I'm just on the other end of the phone. Hey, man, if you want to come down to the head office, I'm happy to meet you outside the front door. And I remember HR saying, you can't speak like other people. I'm like, I did not swear at him. Okay. <laughs> and I'd remind the person. That was rude. <laughs> I, remember, I remind the person on the other end of the phone, like, hey, like you're speaking to me, the way you're speaking to me is the way you're speaking to any work colleague. This is harassment. And you're like, yeah, fuck yourself. I'm like, so once again, please come to the front of the office and we can discuss this. <laughs> and I remember one of the bosses there, like, hey, mate, how's your week? It like, you know, that cliche, like, g'day, buddy. Yeah. How's your weekend? Should you watch cricket? And you're like, what the fuck Latte do you want? Latte enema. Yeah, like, <laughs> you'd look at him like, what the fuck do you want? Like, <laughs> it's like, what do you want? Like, cricket? I don't watch cricket. I don't, what? Like, I'm just saying hello. I'm like, yeah, okay. What do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, what did you say? Like, and it was like that. How do you know my name? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, it was so like, like, you know, we got to do, we got to try harder, guys. We got to do our best. Like, does anyone have anything to say? I'm like, yeah, if you just did your job as managers, <laughs> instead of like having coffees every 20 minutes and saying g'day to everyone in the office, <laughs> maybe some of this stuff would get done. Like, you know, maybe if you helped us out instead of like bossing us around, like, and stuff like that. It's just <laughs> like, I still have to remind myself I'm in like an office context and there's HR and there's rules. Yeah. And I sometimes I forget and I have to ask my manager. I, I've got a really good manager now. And I'm like, okay, can I just talk to you as I would? And he's like, yeah, man, go ahead. And like, I would just swear, get it out of the way. And he's like, feel better? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Because like swearing is one thing that just, my mom's like, why are you going to swear so much? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I just, it just comes out of nowhere. I scaled it back. Yeah, I'm trying to. I've scaled it significantly back. Yeah. Like bad. I started scaling my swearing back. Yeah. Pretty much when I knew I wanted to get out of, being in, in warehousing and that sort of environment. I was yeah. pushing for a corporate sort of role somewhere. Yeah. I just, yeah. And then when I started doing the podcast and when I started doing voiceovers, I, I started trying to be more artic- articulate with yeah. pronunciation and shit like that, trying to drop the wog southeastern slang, you know, yeah. the drawl. I know I've got the drawl when I talk to mates, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I've got that as well. Like sometimes like, hey, man, how you going, bro? What's going on? Yeah. I'm like, like, I'm like, where the fuck did that come you, from? It falls in every yeah. now and then when, you, when you're around mates of people that are familiar, your, yourself, whatever. But, you know, like, that's the thing when I'm doing vo- – I did a voiceover in here two, three days ago for a guy, and um, I wasn't even meant to. I was just meant to be recording uh, – just running a recording session. But then I sort of got into it with them, and like, what? And they said, oh, how would you do it? And I said, you know, like, I'll just read this. Our mission is to organize the world's information and make it universally acceptable and useful. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, you have to. Yeah. You have to be more eloquent than the shit that we grew up with. Yeah. Well, being out of the kitchen for two years, it's still – it, it's a, it's a massive shock. Like, yeah. But like where I am now working from home on the technical side of things, I still think to myself, how the fuck did I go through three and a half years of uni exams, working full time in the kitchen, doing all these things. And now I'm just like chilling at home, working from home and getting paid this stupid fucking amount. I'm sorry for swearing people, <laughs> but like the first time I got my paycheck, I was like, you're paying me this much to, to just, Join teams meetings and like make sure this it's is okay. Amazing. And they're like, yes, dude. My first job out of like the whole warehousing thing was still a logistics warehousing role, yeah. but I wasn't working under people, you know, picking boxes or whatever. Yeah, 
and then I eventually became like an account sort of manager and reconciling invoices and shit. But my first day, I walked in and they're like, oh, well, this will be your setup. Yeah. And I'm like, what? There's a desk, a computer, a chair, a phone, a filing cabinet. You know what the, the funny part is? The ergonomic chair that they give you. And they're like, do you need a stand-up desk? And you're like, why? What's, what's, what's going on? Is like, the temperature like, you know, fine for like, your Are own. these fluoro lights okay? Do you need us to swap you? Like I remember somebody like <laughs> remember somebody saying these hey, these fluor these lights are, are giving me a migraine. Okay, we need to move this guy right now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, not pack up your desk and fire. Yeah, it, it was no, no. We'll get, we'll get you uh, put up in another room somewhere. Yeah, but like also being in hospital, I remember like getting called into like the owner's office or the owner wants to have a chat with you later on at twelve. And I remember just getting absolutely blasted. So I remember like being on like okay, I got my guard up. Yeah, like can you explain how this is missing and how we don't, haven't made this much money and blah, 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 this, and blah, 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 that. And you're like, I don't know. What do you want me to say, man? Like, And, like, when my boss calls me up, hey, hey, Jim, how are you? How's things? Like, I just want to discuss this and, like, let's f- let's make it better. Let's discuss how you can do it better. Let's discuss how, yeah. like, I've learned it this way. Pro- proactive discussions. Yeah, he goes, he goes, I know you're just new and I know you've just started, but let's discuss how, like, we can go through this together and what I think you need to fix up and, like, get better at it. And he will spend... Three hours with me doing that. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like. Do you know what I remember, man? This is, this is like contrast of worlds, man. I remember being like, you know, at the, at the warehousing job I had for, for nine years or whatever it was, eight years. And I remember clocking on at like four past four in the morning, right? Yeah. 4 a.m. start and we're doing a team meeting or something. And I've forgotten to like clock on when I got there. So I've just walked straight into the team meeting. Oh, yeah, cool. Right. Big day today. Let's get going. Oh, I'll clock on. I've gone and signed on to like a piece of equipment or something. Oh, you're not logged in. All right, I'll go clock on. Get a call. Like, you know, we've done the the morning. It's 10 a.m. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, why'd you clock on late today? Like, I forgot to. We were just we were in the team meeting. You meant to clock on at four. Like, I get it. Don't let it happen again. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was here. Yeah. Like, I was here at five to four. I sat through your team meeting. Yeah. I was here. I just clocked on late. Like, what's the big fucking deal? Enter my office, my first office job, where it was like I got in, made a coffee, bought a scroll, mm-hmm. got the first sort of bit of the day done, and I'm like, get up, walk to the local cafe, <laughs> buy like a chili cheese fucking toasty covered yeah. in you know, garlic, yeah. come back, make another coffee, mm-hmm. sit down, eat. Yeah, I did some more work. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I remember it was raining in Melbourne. Like it was uh, probably after lockdown number three, and I was we went into the office because we never actually met anybody. Yeah, and, a lot of people like that. And yeah. I remember he's like, "Just come in the office and he show you a couple of things, and like we get your tags and whatnot sorted out." And I remember I rocked up at eight, and at about twelve thirty, he's like, "Where do you live?" And I'm like, "I'm in Brunswick." He's like, "Ooh, that's coming down really heavy. I reckon you should just go home and." Uh, <laughs> You know, just if you want, just log on to your computer and go from there. And then I remember getting home. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like okay. <laughs> it's crazy. When you go into these roles, which are normal. Yeah. Yeah. When you come from PTSD backgrounds of like working like a surf. Right, let me ask you, man. Would you ever own a restaurant yourself? I'd love to. Well, like, as I mentioned before. Two questions. Yeah. What, what cuisine? Mexican? It'd have to be some sort of Mexican slash Asian sort of a thing going on. Wait, hang uh, on. Mexican slash Asian. Like a fusion. Are you just basically like, coriander? No, no, no. Oh, I love cor- <laughs> it's coriander. I, I love coriander. You know, as a Greek, we're engineered to hate coriander. Yeah? I love it. I fucking, I've got no problem with coriander. See, with my family, um, 
introducing stuff to my sister, she's like, I can't eat that. I'm like, why? She goes, I don't like the taste of it. And I think like a lot of my family is like, I can't eat that. That tastes weird. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's just turmeric and stuff like this. And they're like, they're like I can't eat that. Turmeric like, is in ground turmeric or turmeric? Yeah, like say, say we do a ground turmeric on a chicken with like garlic shallots and all These are my things. standard go-tos, man. Yeah, but like as, be, like, hey, okay, as growing up Greek, you know, we just like, tell me the three ingredients we used. Of the in what? As in herbs and like spices? Just being a Greek, yeah. It's oh, every meal had garlic, onion, oregano, salt, pepper. All right. It just be <laughs> olive oil. It was, like I said before, salt, salt, oregano, lemon. Yeah, that's the, the end. Base. The end. The end. <laughs> <laughs> the end. The end. And like, they lived happily ever after. You know, when you go to that Greek Christmas thing, like there's patate, there's potatoes on the table. Like, what's in it? Lemon, oregano, salt, salt pepper. What about the, what about the lamb? Same deal. What it's about been marinated? With yeah. What lemon, salt, oregano, what, pepper. What about the fish? Same deal. Like. And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. And I think that's why I wanted to- You know, to- it's funny, man. Yeah. Like when I started cooking, like obviously when I moved out of home and I started actually cooking and I had really basic like meals, man, like basic as fuck, bolognese and stuff, whatever, like just going through the motions, learning how to cook shit. And then started chatting to my friends about what they cook and, you know, trying to expand the palate a bit. I started buying spices. Yeah. I got so excited. I actually went and bought a spice rack, installed it in my apartment, like underneath the- um. What's it called? The the oven, the the fucking top, the uh, but the overhead part, the like, duct, yeah, yeah, the fuck, if you know what's it's called. It's only got like a little like two inch space yeah. for everything to go in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I installed like a rack, and I remember my mum coming past once, and she's just staring at it. She goes, "All this, go, the spices, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, you never used any of this shit." And we talk compare ingredients or recipes, and I take it like some chicken or something, and it's like, "What's in it?" I'm like. You wouldn't know. Okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Like, sure, what did I-? I go, trust me, man. I go, you're not going to be able to recreate this. Trying to explain like agave syrup to my family. <laughs> what? What do you mean? I'm like, it's this. It's turned into syrup. Like, I don't understand. I love the fact that I, I can appreciate things yeah. like coriander, turmeric, and, you know, garam masala. Like, try to explain what garam masala is to a wog. It doesn't work. Like, <laughs> like, I, man, like, I think the word I hate. I hate when somebody says, hey, let's go out. Let's get Greek. I'm like, we can have Greek at home. <laughs> I'll be honest, man. The one thing I like to get when I go out and have Greek, right, which is rare. I went to a tavern for the first time you know, like a couple of weeks ago over the Christmas Was it period. Jim's Greek tavern? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. But Jim's is decent. It was. I haven't been there for years. Though. I, I will say it was. When I was younger and our Greek schools would take us there as a treat, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Maybe because we were there. But it's like, been, dude, it's been about three years since I last It's always, a, like, a lot of places like that, a lot of Greek places are hit and miss. I told, I, I, I wouldn't have told it to you, I wouldn't have said it to you. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast once. I'd gone to have dinner, right? And it was, like, the same, like, you rock up, what are you going to have? Are you hungry? How hungry are you? Are we eating chicken? Are we eating fish? Are you drinking booze? Are you on wine? Are you on beer? Eating, all good. Gone for a walk, you know, get ice cream or something. And as I'm driving back, like, you know, because it's after 10.30 or whatever, yeah. we're going down Johnson Street. I'm just, like, peered out of my, like, you know, peripheral. And you just see plumes of smoke coming up from the front. <laughs> 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 Fucking doors shut, chefs. Everyone's sitting there just punching darts. <laughs> like, you are three feet from the Pisistadia, man. Are you serious? Like, and it's so fucking old school. Dude, it's insane. I, I did a shift at Stalatites. Like, I remember I did Really? It. Yeah. I, I used to know the family that owned it. I was, like, really young. A mate of ours picked up the, one of the daughters back me. Me and my cousin were in Dramana. Dude, I remember just doing, like, a four-hour shift there. Like, well, what do you want to do? I just want to I just want to have a look and see. Like, I want to help out. Yeah, and I must have come in. And I just did four hours, and I just cut suvos and stuff like that. 
And they're like, no, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, doing it wrong. I, I don't know how I was doing it wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how I was doing it wrong. Oh, funny enough, like, when I was, I was cooking Mexican so much that I was on point, like, doing my own flours and tortillas and all these things. And then I went to another, a new joint, and I just showed up as just a, a, a sous chef. And I remember the head chef, like, mate, who the fuck told you how to do these? I'm like, oh, and he's like, these are fucking disgusting. Because you should be ashamed of yourself. I was like, what? Disgusting. Yeah, he's like, this, this is terrible technique, terrible this, terrible that. And I'm thinking in my head, the, you know, the gears are churning, like, you know, you just do like 20 grand fucking Friday nights and like. You know what? I'm just pitching one of those NARM flashbacks. <laughs> it's like the eyes and then the transparent reel and, in the back. Yeah, and. and Get out the deck! <laughs> And it's funny how, like, you could cook really well at one place, then you rock up to the other one and, like, mate, you know nothing. And you're yeah. like, yeah, okay, well, no worries. Like, just got all these fucking things at home that I've done and- No, have done shit. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, mate, you're nothing in the industry. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I don't really care. Yeah. Anymore. Okay, hang on. Let me ask you a question. With the tortillas, how would you make a tortilla from scratch? I don't even remember anymore. Really? Yeah. Like, I- as You know when you do- You know when you study for an exam? And as soon as the exam is oh, over, yeah, you're just done. You know what's interesting? People have said to me, "You even good with like um because we're talking about different stuff." And then I've said something like, "I could." Oh, they suggested working in like a trade or some kind. I go, "Man, I couldn't do that." I go, "Like I'm just not with it." And yeah. I'm like, "And like, well, have you ever worked in a trade?" I'm like, "Actually, to be honest, when I worked at the events industry, uh, in the events industry, my first job in, in event hire, we did all the repairs in house. Yeah, trestle tables, like those stuff that we'd have to build because if we didn't have it, you just fucking built it." Repairs, in-house repairs, in-house building. I was cutting steel. I was fucking measuring shit up, making trestle tables from scratch. You know what I mean? I remember like MacGyvering the fucking plumbing <laughs> in the kitchen. And, like, God, like, I remember like the dishwasher machine just not fucking working. Just like shit. It. Just shit like that. I remember one guy just kicking the fuck out of it and like, yeah, it's working now. <laughs> like it would always be something. I think um, I remember one day I turned my back and I said to this guy, you cater clean the deep fry? Yeah, yeah, sure. No worries. He empties the fryer out, and but he leaves the fryer on, so everything that's collected in the bottom of it after a shift just catches on fire immediately. Oh. I remember that whole back part of the kitchen just like went straight up, and I was like, "Turn it off, man!" And he's, like, <laughs> and he's just staring at is it, it like seeing this. I'm like, everyone's staring at it. I'm like, turn it off, and he's like, uh, uh. I'm like, bro, just, just turn off the fucking gas. Like, it's fine. What do I do? What do I do? And like, just dump the oil back in there, and it like. Extinguish the salt. It'll douse it, yeah. Yeah, if you threw water in there, you're fucked. But the oil just seems to be okay. <laughs>